Welcome back to Movies for a Life. I am one of your co-hosts, Michelle Aiken. And I'm your other co-host, Brian Kuyper. And today on the show, we're going on an adventure, a kid venture, if you will. Talking about an adventure a couple with of kids. Adventure with kids. Yeah. Talking about some fun kid venture movies for this summer. Yeah. So I know that my movie, I got to address the brief, ele- briefly uh, address the <laughs> elephant in the room that for some reason, um, this movie, my choice has faced controversy in recent years, uh, that it's not as good as people say it is, which, okay, whatever you're entitled to your opinion, but I still like the Goonies. <laughs> I really, really like it. And I, yeah, it's not. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie or like one of the greatest movies ever made because that's ridiculous, but it is a lot of fun. And it is kind of the quintessential example of the kid venture movie. I think so. So you just wanted to get that out like right at the I top. just wanted to get that out <laughs> from the beginning because- Never have to mention it again. Okay. We're yeah. Good. And now I'm just, from now on, I'm not going to apologize that exactly. I like the movie. You should never apologize for liking anything. Yeah. That seems to happen with a lot of movies, like popular opinion shifts on it all of a sudden, and you're like, yeah. what? Why? Where? What? Yeah. Who cares? And, it's like, and I watched it. Love what you love. Like, Sorry. Still good. I actually <laughs> liked it a little more this time than I had even when I was a kid, which was kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. So we're going to talk about The Goonies first, and then next up for my pick, we're going to talk about Heavyweights from 1995. A first time watch for me, and I watched it twice. Because you love it. You loved it. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that as a surprise now, won't <laughs> we? Okay. But first, we're going to head down the Oregon coast here. Now, Not one too far of the- from your neck of the woods. Not too far. It's about a five-hour drive from here, uh, and I go there every summer. I go to uh, – we spend a week in Cannon Beach, and uh, so Astoria is usually one of the stops that we go through along the way and um, usually spend an afternoon or two up there and head down maybe to Tillamook where they make the cheese and all that. <laughs> So this is kind of special to me in that sense, too, because I'm sorry. You watch this movie, Astoria looks pretty much the same as it did 
in this movie. Oh, really? <laughs> which is <laughs> Has it wild. Changed much? Yeah. Well, I mean, you see a lot of those like film location movies. You know, it's like, hey, this movie was shot in L.A. or something like that, and you go to the location now. It's like, well, that's not there anymore, and this isn't there anymore, and this looks different, and that has changed. And it's like, Astoria, it's like, no, it looks pretty much the same. There's uh, like the you can literally drive down like where the police station is in the movie. It's like, yep, there's that building and the museum where Mikey's dad mm-hmm. works. That building looks exactly the same. The Goonies house itself is still there. And uh, the current owners kind of are open to people coming up to nice. and taking pictures. The neighbors aren't as crazy about it, but I saw know, that picture. Yeah. <laughs> that looks uh, funny. But that's okay. You know, it's like, but it's different. Like the, like the nightmare house. We went to uh, LA over spring break and I got Mm -hmm. a picture in front of uh, 1428 and they have a fence up now. They repainted the door. So it looks different. They're kind of like, you know, I mean, the new owners, I guess, are not as cool about (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street fans as, uh, as previous owners have been. So. But it sounded like the owners of Lori's house. Yeah, were a lot better. Of, <laughs> yeah, the owners of Lori's house say have a sign that says "Yes, indeed, this is the house from Halloween." They have it decorated like the deck is like sort of decorated for Halloween. And nice. you, they said, "If you here's a here's a fake pumpkin. If you want to sit on the on the little what um, little stoop thing yeah. and and get your picture taken where Jamie Lee Curtis nice. you know, waited that. waited for Annie. You know you can do that. So that's kind of cool. Um, but anyway, that was fun. But anyway, Astoria is was sort of like the place to shoot for a little while. They did Kindergarten Cop there. They did Short Circuit there. Oh, um, I love so, Short Circuit. Yeah, so I mean, there. This is sort of this nice little seaside, um, picturesque town, and like, but seriously, how the buildings look, you know, where the paint looks like it's kind of wearing away all the time, mm-hmm. that is completely accurate. I mean, they didn't change a thing for all that. Um, it's sort of, I they must have shot this in the fall. It's very rain soaked um, throughout the opening here, so. That's what it's I just kinda kinda cool. liked about it this time when I was watching the movie. I was like, okay, this is like a really like picturesque picturesque place, you know? And mm-hmm. normally like you think like something like that, like a kid venture thing would be shot it'd be the summertime when it'd be like super sunny sure. and everything. But I, I was like, I don't know, I kind of like that it's a little like rainy. Like you can feel the cold and the wind and mm-hmm. like the wetness of it. I don't know. It's just it's a different feeling. But in all honesty, you can go there in June and July, and it's the same way. <laughs> I bet. So, yeah. Um, it's, it doesn't... We don't have nice uh, sun-drenched beaches in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest, let's put it that way. It's rare. Yeah. You know, it's like middle of August, maybe, but that's about it. But, you know, the Fratellis escape at the beginning, going all the way through the town. And there's like that field, you know, that has the football field that's got sort of Mm -hmm. the hills on the side, all that, where you see Andy. That is all exactly the same. That is, none of that has changed. Um, And then, you know, of course, they suddenly pull up at the end of that chase, you know, and drive down the beach in Cannon Beach, which is, you know, a 
edit Magic of Movies 30 mile drive down the beach, but that's okay. Uh, so movie logic. Movie logic. That's right. So, and you can't drive on that beach, by the way, which is fascinating. But anyway, that's that's just my little spiel on. Because, I mean, a lot of this is obviously shot in a studio because so much of it takes place underground. But the parts that are in the real world just give me, they do give me a nostalgic feeling. I'll admit that because I spent two summers working at Cannon Beach. So I spent a lot of time in that area. Like I said, we go every summer. So it's a really special place to me. I mean, my -hmm. wife and I are kind of hoping that maybe we can retire down there. Uh, It's really the place that we probably closest to our heart in a lot of ways. We just love it there. So um, that's ultimately why I stuck with this movie instead of, (laughs) because like, you know, we set up with this show from the very beginning. These are movies that are special to us. And this one, I couldn't deny that it is. Yeah. (laughs) Where we go from here, I'm not really sure. Because, okay, um, the introduction of the adventure itself, I mean, I think is pretty, it's pretty, I also think, I have one of my notes here, I think Pepsi uh, may have provided some promotional consideration. Every, I mean, everyone is holding a Pepsi can, everyone is, you know, they're trying to, when uh, Chunk opens up the cooler, cooler at the restaurant, it's a Pepsi one, all that stuff. (laughs) So... Pepsi, the choice of a new generation, <laughs> was the thing. But, you know, even in this opening sequence, just picking up, you know, establishing the characters so well. Uh, once again, we have Corey Feldman. Who yeah, we we're talking about, about him not, a lot. <laughs> yeah, he came up pretty recently. Um, but uh, this was right before that. It was right before Stand By Me. And... Um, he kind of sets himself up. I, I never, one of the things I never realized is how much of a bully and kind of an asshole mouth is. Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all, right from the beginning, you know, asking Chunk to do the truffle shuffle, which is a admittedly controversial scene now. It's him being a bully. And you have Mikey, played by Sean Astin, s- telling him to stop it, you know. Uh, so I, I don't know, I guess I remembered it differently than I actually was in the film. So that was an interesting sort of seeing it now, um, having heard that criticism a lot lately. And something I hadn't thought of before, like with that scene, because that's when Chunk is trying to get into Mikey's house. We were talking about this offline, um, a little bit, but something I hadn't, like connection that I hadn't made before was the way that it's the whole like weird setup that he's got yeah, the Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, yeah. To open the gate. And for one, I was thinking, I was like, first of all, I was like, okay, who actually did that? Was that data or was that right. Mikey? <laughs> because if it was Mikey, it would make more sense if it was Mikey, but even though they, but they set up data to be that kind of character with the inventions and then the weird stuff, but it makes more sense for that to be, a Mikey thing because it's like another because throughout the movie he has that connection sort of or he feels like he has a connection to one-eyed Willie and he's always talking about you know it, you know it's one another one of your traps and stuff so it's just kind of kind of felt like that but I just wish they had set up in this like who had actually built that I mean it's at his house but Data lives right across the street yeah so, you know no. and, and <laughs> you know Data set up the zip line and all yeah. that Data of course played by Kehue Kwan. Um, under 
uh, with under the credit of Daniel Kwan at this time. Um, but yeah, um, which, you know, He's that so was freaking cute in this. An agent thing. <laughs> yeah. When he has his little thing at the end, <laughs> when he's like kind of losing it, <laughs> when he falls down um, in the in the ship or whatever, like that part just like got to me. He's so cute and he's, he's so good. He's really, and you know, he's really an engaging actor. Because uh-huh. kid performances are tough. And we talked about this with Stand By Me. This, all this of them of you can really see you good. can really see the talent with uh-huh. these kids um you know the core four you know that the four boys you know the, we already knew Corey feldman was a talented actor because we had seen friday the 13th the final chapter right mm-hmm. um but yeah he is a good kid actor and you know he's uh, his life since then has sort of made people I don't know. There, he's look at him a little bit differently than they did then. But the thing is, he's he's really an engaging presence on screen. He's very magnetic, and you can't take your eyes off him when he's really firing on all cylinders. You know, I mean, I can't defend you know movies like License to Drive as great movies, but the thing is, he's he's just he in his best movies and his best roles. Uh, he's very good, <laughs> and there's no doubt about that. You know, Sean Astin, we've seen him in all sorts of things since oh, yeah. this movie. You know, of course, Lord of the Rings, probably being the most famous. But, you know, I love him in Fifty First Dates. I think he's so funny in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. I always forget yeah. that. Yeah. He's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, the, you know, the son of John Astin, who yeah. played Gomez in the Adams Family television series. So... um and Patty Duke, I want to say, was his mother. That's so, right. you know, sort of a showbiz kid, but mm-hmm. um, he's very good. He's really good. But he would totally be high off that inhaler with the amount of times <laughs> he puffs off that thing. <laughs> he would be so high. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe uh, it's like the kid from It, or it's not. There really you go. Anything. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's what I was. That came. That's exactly what came to mind later right. in the movie. It's like, wait a minute, this is like a kid from It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, then you got the teenage um, mm, actors. Yeah. Um, yeah. Josh Brolin, of course, but Martha Plimpton also has. She's another one of those actresses that maybe you don't know her name, or she only shows up in like smaller roles, but she is awesome. Yeah, I think she's from. I'm a big fan of hers, and she's continued yeah. to have a pretty successful Mar- career her Martha whole life. Plim- Plimpton, yes, yes, absolutely. I I also want to mention Jeff Cohen is who plays yeah, Chunk. Yeah, yeah. Is, he's I mean, he's really only remembered for this movie. You know, he was in a few other things, but not much that really stuck around. But he's incredibly funny. Just about every mm-hmm. line I wrote down. <laughs> from this movie was a chunk line <laughs> because I just find him so, so funny. Um, you know, Josh Brolin as brand, which is, I, I could only assume short for Brandon. So Brandon Walsh for you 90210 fans out there <laughs> was first in this movie. Okay. And then I, I really like Carrie green as yeah. Andy. I think she's, she's very she's, sweet. She's very sweet. Um, now Martha Plimpton's been in lots of stuff since yeah. this. Yeah, That's what so I'm saying. she's yeah, she's working and blessed. You know, <laughs> one of those yeah. actresses just yeah. 
killing so, it. So um, great, great, you know, character actress. Um, then, of course, you know, the Fratellis. Um, <laughs> uh, Robert Davi is like, uh, I love him so much. I don't know why. Yeah. Unfortunately, I hear he's a real asshole in real life. I don't but, care. <laughs> but, um, he's just another one of those that when he shows up, he's got like that kind of presence about him. Like I even really remember does. he was Christian's father on Nip Tuck. He showed up for that like one episode, like oh, dream sequence. Okay. And he was like perfect. And it's, I was like, oh, I love seeing yeah. like cool actors like that pop up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's one of those. I mean, I, I, Die Hard is a big one sure. for him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Showgirls, Predator Two. Oh, Showgirls, yeah. <laughs> License to Kill. Then, of course, uh, Joe Joey, Joey Pants. Pants. Um, who? This has got to be one of his earliest movies because yeah. uh, he's he's great in this though. He's it's not a big part, but I love him in it. And and Ramsey. Mm. This was sort of the Anne Ramsey period of movies you yeah know, throw mama from the train and sure. she's in, she has a small part in scrooged uh, where she's you know one of one of the uh a dick uh, drink up yeah yeah, yeah exactly yes i know yeah so you know just good stuff but that's that's our main cast uh, uh, mm-hmm. well of course we we missed uh one but he'll be introduced later where is he there he is okay <laughs> yeah you cootie Sorry. <laughs> you, yeah, Troy. <laughs> Troy. Troy's the best bucket. line reading ever. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite part of this movie is right at the beginning, I'll admit. When they knock over the statue of David, mm-hmm. he goes, oh, no. And the dick falls off. He goes, oh, no, my mom's favorite piece. piece. <laughs> <laughs> and then they glue it on upside down. I mean, this is a PG rated movie, but that's right. like. Yeah, that's actually kind of a brilliant line, though. I was I was thinking yeah. about that because I was like, that has a double meaning. It does. <laughs> I love that. It does. I hadn't. I don't think I had caught yeah. that before. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I know it. It sets up. It sets up Chunk, the quote unquote fat kid, as a klutz, and all that. But honestly, I just think he's one of the things that's that I love about Chunk is, frankly. As a as a kid, you know, a chubby little kid, I Chunk was the one that I could relate to. Same with same with Vern. Same with Ben in it. You know, I mean, these were the kids that are on the surface the ones that people make fun of in the movie. But I'm sorry, that's that's reality. Okay, that's the way I was treated as a little chubby kid too. And so it doesn't mean it's not. I don't think it's saying it's okay. I think it's yeah. saying that it's just depicting what I'm sorry, what I experienced as as a kid his age. I think it's good that we're we're doing this because we've had a couple of this. We've had this come up before, you know, like like you said with Vern with Stand and by then me, with yeah. uh, Chrissy, and now and then being the fat one. Yeah, and now with which Chunk. she's not at all. I, mean, I know. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like we're gonna kind of. Culminate that with the next movie with the next movie for sure yeah where it turns out all that stuff around it does yeah so i guess i just have a different because i know and like i said i wasn't gonna do this sort of thing but i do think this movie is criticized for that character and i don't know if it's entirely i don't know that it's entirely fair because i i mean granted there were lots of movies 
um, that just like, okay, let's have the funny fat kid in it. Oh yeah. That's been a thing. It's still a thing. Yeah. For I mean, that was child that was actors a, and for adult, adult I mean, characters. Yeah. Sure. That was the thing all the way back to the, to the teens. I mean, fatty Arbuckle literally was, you know, the funny fat character, <laughs> you know, sure. that's what he did in movies. So I, I get it. I get the criticism, but at the same time, h- how is it done? You know, and for me, I am not personally, I was, I've never been personally offended by, by Chunk, even though, yes, I understand his nickname is kind of, sure. you know, but this, the thing is, you know, that's the kind of names that you got. Okay. But you also know. with Chunk, who, who's also the most like ends up being like the most sweet and compassionate character yep. in the movie. Yeah. It's Chunk. Yeah. And his relationship with Sloth and everything. And yeah. It's like, it's beautiful. So. Yeah. It's the idea of the outcast sort of being coming together too, you yeah. know. Um, but also kind of like us. The yeah. He has the, the be- he, has, he has the line that sets up the whole movie pretty yeah. much, you know. Yeah. And, and so, I, I don't know. I guess, I mean, even the fame, you know, the truffle shuffle sequence, it's Mouth being a bully. It's uh, Mikey saying stop. It's <laughs> all of that. So anyway, well, and it's um, clearly showing that he's not enjoying it, and <laughs> right. so you're kind of seeing that that's this is a really mean thing yeah. for him to do. It's not really the movie's fault that it got turned into things like a T-shirt and all that stuff. Yeah, you know that's <laughs> that's people I think interpreting the movie differently than the movie is depicting. But that's just me. Okay. All right. So. Couple of, one other thing I really like as that's set up in the relationships here is between Brand and Mikey. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that too. Yeah, I I love the scene where Mikey just goes out on the porch and he just kind of they're that's sad. My obviously, shot. It's just a beautiful moment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Where he just comes up and hugs him, and then yeah. just kind of drags him, drags back him into away, the, back into the house. That is so sweet, and yeah. it, it it feels okay. My brother and I, as my we would of like any brothers, we would fight and you know try and <laughs> razz each other and hit each other and all those kinds of things when we were kids. That's normal, but you know, there's always you always there's always an understanding that you love each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so. Same with me and my sister. Yeah. You fight, and then, like, later on the day, you're like, all right, we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're it's done like you got to live with each we other. Get, we got to get over this. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a, that's probably my favorite chat, my favorite little moment in, in the whole mm. movie, because it's both of those things. It's it's showing that they have the genuine love with the hug is just perfect, and then and dragging him away and, like, just being brothers again yeah. right afterwards is really cute and <laughs> really sweet. Yeah. You know, and, and I got to admit, this was one of those movies where you sit around with a group of friends and you all kind of like the movie or love the movie, but you still, and I used to do this with Star Wars all the time, where you would rag on certain elements of it that are just kind of silly, mm-hmm. you know, it, but, but it was done in jest and in fun. It wasn't like a cinema sins or a film Twitter kind of way. <laughs> it was just like, uh, just, you know, sort of <laughs> finding other things that were just sort of funny about it and made it fun to watch the movie. Uh, and one of those was the fact that when he translates all of the Spanish, it, it rhymes. rhymes in English. I know. <laughs> is, one, is one of those things where it's like, obviously, 
that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's how it always is in movies, though. Yeah, you have to translate yeah. something, and it's like, huh, that's so convenient that it rhymes in the original language and in the translation of English, too. That's, hmm. <laughs> thief yeah. and well, grief. Wow, really? <laughs> thief and grief, yeah. <laughs> that's just one of those wonderful things. But, but you know, then uh, this is sort of... a. a Obviously, things that we talked about with E.T., you know, kids on bikes. You got the kids on bike stuff. All of a sudden, they're at, um, again, uh, about a 30-minute drive down the coast uh, to Ecola State Park, which is just in the entrance to uh, to Cannon Beach there. Uh, so they rode their bikes a long way to get here. But um, <laughs> No, they just went down the street. Right? They just Come went on. down the street, yeah. Um, but... That park is beautiful. It's also where they have the carnival in Kindergarten Cup. Oh, there you, there you go. But yeah, it's it's a the whole area is just so so pretty. It's beautiful, and then you know, like the rock formations, those are all real. Uh, the Haystack Rock obviously shows up there. Uh, Haystack Rock is like on the Amazon uh, screensaver, uh, <laughs> so it, it it shows up all the time. But you know, holding up the doubloon to the rock, those rocks are really there, um, and from that vantage point, you can see them like that. I took a picture of that uh, a couple years ago. I was like, hey, "Where am I?" And you know, and people are like, "Oh, the Goonies!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a cool place to grow up. Mm-hmm. You know. Even though, yeah, like they say that it's um, probably one of those more of like a summer place or it's kind of dead and I guess we've seen the movie like kind of gloomy and everything yeah. you know, in the fall when it's off season. But what a cool place, you know, like, I don't know. I'm from the Midwest, so there's like nothing here. <laughs> it's like, Well, the thing is, I think they probably did film this in the fall just because it would be mm-hmm. more, you know, empty street kind just of place. Like, or even in the winter because I mean honestly winters and falls don't look that much different down there. Um there's no not usually snow and things like that. So it's just kind of rainy. And it's just maybe it's just a personal thing like joining always wanting to like live by the water. That was very oh, yeah. cool to me like a coast, living in a coastal place would be very cool. Like I said cuz I'm from the Midwest where we just have hills and nothing well, like visually interesting sure. <laughs> going on. Well, even where I am, I mean, the the draw of living on the coast is pretty strong, and I'm, yeah. you know, you're not too far. From I got, not that far from it. I, I can. <laughs> it's a literally. I mean, if I want to go to Westport or something like that, you know, or Ocean Shores, it's about it's a couple hours, about two hours from where I'm at. And then if the mountain, uh, Mount Rainier is about is about an hour away from where I am, and so uh, we kind of live near it all. I, I can even go to the desert if I want to drive a couple of hours over the mountains and head east uh, into eastern Washington. It's kind of desert. Jealous. Um, yeah. So we kind of got everything around here. But um, anyway, I, I do like the introduction of Troy. You just instantly know he's a douchebag and just a horrible individual, you know, trying to sneak you know, this angling the mirror, but yeah. Andy knows it. That's one of the things that's kind of funny. You know, just like he's such a jerk. Jerk. He's trying to yeah. angle the mirror to look down my shirt and all that stuff. Even though it's like, no, he was trying to look up your dress, but that's uh, right. close enough. <laughs> you got the idea. Um, but I, I really like Andy and Steph joining the group. Um, I don't know. It adds an interesting dynamic. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that it's. It's not just the main kids, but that they do have yeah 
people a little maybe they're a little bit more experienced i can help them out a little bit more the mm -hmm. more protector vibe thing going on when they really yeah. get into it because otherwise it would have maybe it would have been a little bit too much too dangerous two kids in peril you yeah. know with the fratellis coming after them even though well, the I mean, fratellis the fratellis are like are... kind of buffoons too but <laughs> in a way they are but they're but they are willing to shoot them yeah to but they do kill people yeah <laughs> grind grind up chunks hand in a blender i think they actually <laughs> would do that I mean, honestly, Anne Ramsey's line just kind of sums up the Fratellis, the way she just closes the door on them. Kids suck. Kids suck. Yeah. <laughs> when they're down in the basement, one of my favorite lines. I'm wondering lines. what is in the bag. That's one of my favorite <laughs> lines from Data. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's what I love about this movie, though. Even though another criticism, yes, about this movie is that it is a bunch of kids like talking really loud and talking over each other. But that... I don't know. That didn't bother me at all this time because that's another one of those things where it, it just, just feels adds, like what kids do. It feels more real. It adds more richness to it. And you can maybe uh, catch some of those lines, especially if you have the subtitles on that maybe mm -hmm. you have missed all this time because they are like kind of talking over each other and like just all their different little interactions like up in the attic and stuff. Even um, I don't know, like. It's one of the another one of those times where I felt like I, I I'd seen this movie several times in my life, but I just felt like I was finding new things this time just because of that, or I was yeah. paying a little bit more attention. So I I kind of like it when movies do that because yeah. that's how not everybody like that's how people talk. That's how they interact. They talk over each other. They're loud. They get excited about things and like there's different conversations going on at the same time, especially when you yeah. have a group of of kids who you know all the, the personality is coming out so uh, absolutely and um you know one of the things that's also a little interesting is that they split the group up by having you know chunk stay behind essentially he's he's the one who's supposed to get the police and uh, i'm like, not gonna believe him <laughs> it's like i love the dark i love the dark i'm not afraid of the dark but i hate nature i hate it <laughs> you know um also i think i think my favorite chunk line and i know it's like oh the fat kid can smell food wherever it's like where you I smell sm ice cream <laughs> i smell ice cream is it <laughs> i know <laughs> but that's really funny and that's that really funny. funny it's like you find the dead body but uh, and, and you know okay so i'm, I'm being to be jumping around a little bit i know but um Whatever. i it's also that way. just you know the fratelli relationship is really funny because obviously ma prefers joey pants to richard sure. tavi it's like what, what, what it's just it's like always ma it's like oh sorry robert um you always take his side ma you always liked him better that's right that's and right slaps him. <laughs> <laughs> Anne ramsey is i just love her in these movies mm -hmm. i think she she is kind of a ma barker character in this you know sort of Roger Corman, Bloody Mama kind of thing. Um, well, you know, it's the the gangster mo mother okay. of, you know, the mother of this gang, you know, and her boys would go sure. off and do the crime and she's sort of the mastermind behind it all. But <laughs> I think she's really funny. Get and down. Then, <laughs> she's like <laughs> telling him to get down into the, follow the kids down underneath yeah. the fireplace. Well, can't argue with that mom when she <laughs> Pulls a gun on him. Get down right. there. <laughs> I love that line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
But that that Fratelli relationship is really funny too, and I the mean, brother relationship too, is and the brother hilarious. relationship, and there, I mean, there's a little bit of a Three Stooges thing going on with mm. with the three of them, um, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's funny. I mean, like the slick shoes where they yeah. land on the log and their balls. Uh, <laughs> the look on Henry's face because <laughs> she's just like, you okay, son? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good. This is another one of those movies that just got has so many moments that I'm gonna want to. Like, a lot of it is on, moments, but, is yeah. the thing. It's and that maybe that's one of the criticisms that the movie gets is that it's a moment movie. Um, I love, but the thing like is, that, the thing is, one of the things I find about found about this movie was it's really like just a torrid, quick pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I paused it at one point because I had to go to the bathroom, and I looked up and said, "What? There's an hour left of this movie." Yeah. I, 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 in my head, it was a 90 minute movie. It's almost, two, it's, it's almost two hours. Yeah, it's almost, almost two that. hours. Yeah. But it doesn't, it was one of those movies to me that does not feel like it's a two hour movie. It just, it clips along. I mean, there's not a moment in this that is unnecessary in my mind that just slows it down. It really does keep moving. I think that was why, cause this is a movie that I did watch a lot when I was a kid, because if you're a kid, of course you watch the Goonies and you knew the sure. Goonies, but it was never one that I was, that I loved as much as other stuff like right. Labyrinth Same or Princess Bride or something like that. And I think that was something that I thought, I remember kind of feeling like I didn't always want to watch all the time because it felt like it took too long to get down into, you know, where the, they're doing the treasure sure. and, underground, sure. you know? Yeah. So I always, I felt like it was, it was a lot longer but this time i didn't i don't know yeah i had the same thing where i didn't i didn't feel that i felt like it it moved a little bit better maybe my attention span was worse when i was a kid (laughs) well (laughs) sure well one of the things that's that was like there's too much setup there's too much talking at the beginning i was like let's get to the adventure part of it that's what i i remember remember feeling that when i was a kid watching this but there's not really much you could lose and be able to follow what's going on (laughs) i guess you know but you're right. I, I I remember that as a kid too. Um, but I I never really sought this movie out as a kid. Um, a lot of times, I think we saw it. I saw it for the first time like a Boy Scout thing, or you know, Cub Scouts probably. Mm. We're like, oh, the Goonies. Let's watch the Goonies. And so we did. We would see it in that respect. But it was never one that I was like, this is one of my favorites as a kid. Yeah. I actually didn't. It was not until I worked at Cannon Beach that I was like, oh, yeah, okay. This is, is one that, you know, we would always watch it. It was just a thing. It was sort of something you had to do because it's like, hey, it takes place here. Th- that was where it kind of came from, I guess. I've actually probably watched it more in the last 20 years than I did in the first 20 of my life. So, and I've watched it with my kids who liked it too. And, um, and then I think one of the funniest things is with the Fratellis and Chunk where they're trying to get him to tell them where the other kids are. <laughs> says, we want you to tell us everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then my favorite part is like the worst thing I ever did was. <laughs> it was like the moment from Stand By Me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was. <laughs> That's it like was. the story. The story is pretty much from Stand By Me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 The way he tells that story is really, really funny. And he mentions a summer camp for fat kids. He does. Confession and he got too. kicked out. <laughs> yeah, he got kicked which out. I thought that was a nice, uh, 
a nice connecting tissue there. I love um, Robert Davi in that scene too. He's just like, I love this kid. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like laughing the whole time. He's just got to smile the whole time. And then probably the actor too. You know, like yeah. watching the, this kid play that out. I feel yeah, like, I think you know? so too. Some some of the things that I notice, like when they're down in the in the cave, they finally get mm. down to the cave. They find Chester Cop Copper Pot. Cobblepot. Copperpot. Copperpot. I'm getting him confused with with the penguin. <laughs> no, it's Copperpot. <laughs> Chester Copperpot. I don't know where that came from. Um, but if he like finds the Lou Gehrig baseball card, wouldn't that be valuable and wouldn't that like actually give so. them yeah. enough <laughs> enough to buy their house back? And uh, of course, booty traps. That's where we get booty traps. Booty traps. I mean, it's booty not traps. Data's that's line. what I said. That's booty traps. Mike. That's Mikey's line. Yeah. At the beginning, I think oh, everyone that's... attributes that to Data, though. Yeah. Because it's, it's Mikey who's always like messing up words, and even his mom yeah. does it too. So right. I think that's where. Cause that's she says, true. Because she says something to Brand uh, in that first scene when he's like, he's t- they tied him up. They to the shout Harry <laughs> Krishna, and he says, "Yeah, that's Harry yeah. Carey, Ma." Harry <laughs> Carey. Yeah, I love that line. Also, I have a question. Now that this is a big deal, but I was just wondering, like, why do they call it the rich stuff and not treasure? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I never really thought about that. Maybe they just thought that would be too cliche or They're something. They're talking I don't about know. pirates. They're going on like a pirate adventure. Wouldn't you want to be yeah. like looking for treasure? They go <laughs> they just always call it the rich stuff. Yeah. I don't mind. I was just that's kind of a cute little like kid thing though. Sure. Like, to call it sure. that, but I was just just a question I, I, had I do this time. one thing that I do think about some of these eighties movies though. Is okay. So is they sort of bring, and this still happens now because even people bring in the stuff from when they were kids. So pirate movies were not really a thing in the seventies and eighties. I it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was they whenever they tried to make pirate movies, you know, Cutthroat Island and Roman Polanski's Pirates and stuff. They were some of the most notorious bombs ever. But because the filmmakers were raised in the 50s, you know, seeing movies like Captain Blood or whatever on TV, they bring that their childhood aspects into this current movie. So I was always kind of like a pirate treasure thing. Is that really a thing that 80s kids are into? You know, when I was a kid, and so uh, so it's just one of those things. Obviously, like a so history thing, but yeah, pop culture yeah. thing. Yeah, but I mean, but, you know, Indiana Jones was the same way because, I mean, you're bringing in, you know, that style of adventurer Mm -hmm. into the 80s, um, even though that's a 30s series. 30s, 30s, 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it feels like a lot of that kind of thing is happening here where, you know, Richard Donner and the writers and Steven Spielberg is like, oh, we love pirates. Kids love (laughs) pirates because when we were kids, we loved pirates. And, you know, so (laughs) let's do pirates. Um, That's kind of how it feels to me (laughs) a little bit. I never thought about that. (laughs) You know. Because, I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean was the first movie. Oh, I, I even remember when Pirates of the Caribbean came out thinking to myself, this movie's not going to do well. Pirate movies never do well. And, well, that's why or I'm not in charge of a studio. wrong. <laughs> you know. 
There are some moments here that I really like to um, like at the beginning of their adventure. I like the little, of course, the uh, the boulder trap that kind of reminds me yeah. of Indiana Jones. Totally. It's really cool. Um, or when the bats come out and when Martha Plimpton is just like, right ace, right ace. <laughs> Doesn't so someone good. say they get in my hair? They're getting my, yeah, that's the one they always say. Or when uh, Andy is having her little her little freak out. That's a good little uh, like uh, moment with her. And she's like, and she was talking about, and she's like talking about Troy and she's kind of like freaking out. Don't I have a beautiful body? I have a beautiful body. Right. <laughs> 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 brand is so sweet with her they yeah. have a, i don't know what she was doing with troy at all even hanging around him at all just hang out with brand okay come on yeah. andy <laughs> what are you doing yeah for sure i i love uh the scene in the witching well mm-hmm. it's like where there was like they could take all of that you know and that would be enough again along with the lou gehrig card to uh that's a lot to of pennies and stuff. Though. Yeah, it'd be heavy. <laughs> Would that really be enough to save the like four houses from foreclosure, though? <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's a lot. So, so, so we got we got Lincoln, we got George Washington, <laughs> Martin <Kennedy>. Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> well, he played Kennedy once. Okay, so the Troy's bucket speech. Mm-hmm. Troy's bucket. This is our time. I never really got that speech. I was kind of like, this is our time. What's up there? That's their time. You know, it's like, that's all going to end when you climb up Troy's bucket. And it's like, you know, I know it's supposed to be like the end of childhood if they get, if they climb up the rope and everything. But I'm, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I always thought it's as a like, pivotal moment, I guess. Yeah. But. I, I like it because I always yeah, thought as fine. like, you know, up there is their time. Up there is like, that's where you have to deal with all the real life stuff, the adult yeah. stuff. The bank is going to foreclose on our house and they're going to turn all of this in, to country club or whatever they're doing. Sure. And like, we have to deal with all of that, that real stuff. But like down here, we can, yeah, still be kids again for a little bit and have an adventure and try to solve our problems like in a way that makes sense when you're a kid is to find buried treasure you know sure yeah goonies never say die i'm not a goonie you said this was a good you liked this moment with for cory feldman too i do uh, because you know he picks up you know it's like because you see the it's it's, sh- it's shorter than i remember and it's a lot mm-hmm. closer up than i remember somehow um but he holds up you know it's like this was my wish you know my dream uh, and it didn't come true so i'm taking it back I mean, that is... I'm taking them all back. I'm taking them all back. And gosh, that's knowing what Corey Feldman went through <laughs> um, as a child actor, you you really see the the pain and the real anger that is in him that Rob Reiner saw, <laughs> you know, and, and said, okay, we're going to we're going to take this and we're going to put that in stand by me. Which is sort of like the next level of mouth. I mean, let's face it, Teddy Duchamp is mouth at the next generation. Sure. He's they're very similar characters, yeah. um, but you can see why Feldman was was cast in those roles uh, because he's he's able to tap into that you know very present anger, um, and so it's a moment like that that makes you go, yeah, this kid could really act. And could really, really had something. Um, so, 
it's kind of a shame that he's never really been able to recover, uh, you know, to, to be able to act in a lot of movies since then. He just hasn't done much since, you know, his child actor days. Cause he's still got those capabilities, I believe, you know, he was in what the lost boys three or whatever, but this is one of those moments where you really see that his abilities and keep, you know, kind of magic as a presence as a screen presence. Mm-hmm. And clearly uh, Steven Spielberg believed in that. He saw it in gremlins. He saw it probably in Friday the 13th, even if he saw that movie that, you know, he, he is someone who is capable of, of great things. And I think he thought the same thing about Kehu Kwan. I'm not, no, if I'm saying his name right at all, I'm sorry. Uh, do you know how to say his, that sounds pronounce right his name? Okay. Um, and so my apologies if I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm sure. yeah. <laughs> not, not pronouncing his name well, but, um, the fact that he cast him back to back in, or probably you know, pushed for his casting in this movie after Indiana Jones is telling. I because I really think had he been given, you know, roles in the meantime between Goonies and you know everything everywhere all at once, he'd probably be considered one of our greatest actors uh, currently working because thought- he's really terrific. I mean, and I was in Encino Man and things like that, but there's not a lot. After watching, uh, after seeing everything everywhere all at once, I was really watching him this time. And this, yeah, yeah. he is. You can see it in so him good. already. Yeah. When he gives, um, he gives him those like close up shots that hold for a little bit. Like I said, the the one of my, my favorite scene probably with him on the pirate ship at the end and like he's he's like he's funny and he's serious and he's he's got just got something behind him that you can see that yeah he would have been a great actor to watch yeah do you know what i would love to see uh is now that he sort of came back because indiana jones is walking off into the sunset with dial of destiny um that character is not uh, i mean that the intention is uh, Harrison Ford is like, no one else is going to play Indiana Jones but me. I mean, that's sort of his <laughs> his uh, his thing. I mean, he doesn't really have entire say in that matter. But what would be amazing is if they came back with the next movie in the Indiana Jones universe being short round. Short round. <laughs> All grown up, um, an adventurer now, um, you know, or, you know, what 30 years after or 40 years later from temple of doom so 1980s here uh, that would be amazing i think that would be <laughs> so great to see sure. him as an indiana jones ish character but still short round you know still that that uh that role i think that would be so much fun i think that is the probably would be the best way to carry on those movies is to just say, okay, no one, no prequels, you know, no young Indiana Jones. We've already had the young Indiana Jones Chronicles and it's terrific. It's a really good show. I mean, that show is actually really fun, but short round, I think would be amazing. I would would love love to watch him like carry a movie. Yeah. 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 Because we know he could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because anyway. Moving on. <laughs> so there's there's lots going on here. but And then, you know, Chunk meeting Sloth is kind of, you know, because it's, 
that whole thing, you know, he's scary at first, which makes sense. You know, it's the unknown. It's the, and uh should mention um, Sloth played by John Matsuka. Mat, 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 <laughs> I don't Matuzak. know. Matuzak. I don't know. He's in, he's in things. Um, but he was a, a football defensive lineman. Anyway, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I, I think at first he's, he's kind of reminds me of, you know, someone like Michael Berryman in the Hills of Eyes mm-hmm. where it's, it, it's a, it's supposed to be a little scary, but you know, then there's sort of the reach out in friendship and yeah. with the baby Ruth. And now my, my son's favorite line, Ruth, Ruth, baby, baby. Uh, yeah, I love that. Um, I've always loved that. I mean, well, I, I mean, I, it's. The two... I don't love the "Hey, you guys" line, but I love the Ruth, <laughs> baby Ruth line. Well, yes, yeah, so with Sloth and Chunk, it's the two. Basically, it's the two rejects of both of their groups. Yeah, coming together, you know. And they and save the day. They save the when day when it comes down to yeah. it. Um, you know, because after the the pipe organ the skeleton pipe organ thing and i'm sorry that is really really funny scene as a musician i wanted to ask you about this scene <laughs> what like, do you gotta say one, okay for one it, it's she's she's got to play the bones okay but that's not set up like of how would she know well the thing is how how would you find middle c on that i, yeah. I don't know how, how would you it doesn't, yeah because that's what she's trying to do because i mean okay the bones are set up where it looks like they're set up like an actual keyboard where you've uh-huh. got you've got the white keys on the bottom and then the black keys are sort of inset in between that'd be really hard to know though and then one thing oh is that a sharp or b flat i don't know which is it's the same note <laughs> a sharp and b flat are the same note okay and it is literally written on the page with a sharp. And it's like, it's an A sharp, but it doesn't matter because it's the same note as a B flat. <laughs> okay. Okay. So anyway, I, I I just found that scene really funny. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And I don't know, obviously, whoever wrote, I can't remember the writer of this off the top of my head, but the writer of that scene knew nothing about music or, or had forgotten <laughs> everything about it. And so, but it's, so it's just kind of hilarious, um, but <laughs> it is what it is. Another one of my favorite little moments though in that is when uh, she first plays the wrong note and the, like the floor falls away and they have to yeah. pull mouth up. The look on Corey Feldman's face when they were like pulling him up. I don't know. It's just another one that was like, uh, it's a very authentic moment mm-hmm. because he looks like he's absolutely scared. terrified. Yeah. 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 That's what I like about this. It's kind of the same thing we talked about with Stand By Me is like when you get, I mean, and this is a pretty, I, we hadn't really thought of the Goonies at that time when we were talking about like other you know groups of child actors that could rival right. the ones in Stand By Me. Yeah. They got, this one comes pretty close, but like when you, when they, when they let the scenes kind of play out and they, they let the kids just kind of be themselves like in the scene, like even if maybe they don't get everything perfectly right or how, mm-hmm you know they wanted the scene to go or whatever that's what makes it more interesting that's what makes it more authentic that's when you get like the more authentic reactions you know from them and so something like that is what i really notice and i gotta say it sounds like they had a real camaraderie with richard donner because the blu-ray has a commentary on it where it's i i know it's sean astin and Corey feldman and i'm 
not sure if any of the other, maybe Josh Brolin and Richard Donner. And they're just kind of have this wonderful, they're kind of razzing him a little bit. <laughs> the kids are like razzing Richard Donner and he's just taking it. He's just kind of chuckling with them and everything like that. I'm sure that's how it was on the set and, you know, when they were kids, you know. And <laughs> telling all these stories and stuff. You know, Corey Feldman was like, Spielberg promised that Michael Jackson was going to come and visit the set. And it was just like, and he, Corey Feldman was like a insane Michael Jackson fan. Mm-hmm. That's all he was thinking about this one particular day and all this stuff. And um, so they're telling all these stories, but it sounds like Richard Donner and them really, they really de- were able to develop this great on-set relationship as a group. And you can feel that ultimately in the movie. And that, I think, is why the movie still works is because of those sort of camaraderies that are He seems like that kind of director. He does. Well, I mean, he develops that great... I mean, come on. As corny as... As Lethal Weapon Four is the whole part I at like the at, uh, well, there are aspects, but compared to where it starts, though, I mean, think of it. Lethal Weapon One is a really, really serious movie. It's dark, yeah, yeah, and then Four is almost a pure comedy. I know, I like, you it. know, I like it. <laughs> which I, you know, and I like all four of them for different reasons, right? But Four is like has at the end it's like hey you know we're family and then they then they play the eric clap you know why can't we be friends like, you know that whole thing and um they have all these shots of them hanging out obviously this family atmosphere that you know a lot of that comes down to the director what yeah. kind of what kind of environment has the director created and the more i hear about movie about filmmakers like martin scorsese you know and the sets that he creates are very collaborative and you know you hear about spielberg's sets and you hear about Clint Eastwood sets being really quiet because he just he doesn't like all the shouting and bells and everything he so he has like radios so people can think and be and be quiet with each other and then you hear about like Wes Craven sets where they would just where it would be like the sort of you know we're family for this period of time and you know and then you hear about like David O. Russell sets where everyone is tense and everyone is afraid that he's going to yell at them all the time. So, I mean, a lot of these kinds of things depend upon the environment that the director creates. Um, And it sounds to me like Richard Donner was one, and not every movie of his succeeds. Not every one of them is, is, you know, ultimately a great film, but you can feel in the characters usually like they really enjoyed making the movie. If nothing else, even if the movie, if even if the movie doesn't turn out great, there's that, that at least. So, and I like that about, about his movies that I've seen. I haven't seen them all. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen Lady Hawk. I I didn't. eh. It was, it used to be on TV all the time and I'm like, no, I'm not interested. (laughs) I know (laughs) that was one of those that I I saw it for the first time, like not too long ago. And I think it's one of those, like, if you grew up with it, you'll love it. And then I watched it and I was like, it was okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. uh, Yeah. A, a good example, I guess, of maybe one that's down the list a little bit is like Maverick. Okay. Where I'm, it seems I like. I love Maverick. <laughs> it seems like 
everyone is having a good time on that movie. I that was another one. That I I don't know why, but I watched that a lot when I was a kid. When I was growing up. I think a, it was I think it was one of those movie. that was like on TV a lot or something. But I yeah. love Maverick. <laughs> yeah, that's a neat movie, and I haven't seen <laughs> it in a fun. while. But I always it's liked super that fun. One. I've always yeah. liked that one. But yeah. Um. Anyway, I mean, then I mean, obviously, the movie kind of barrels towards this this climax mm. you know running you know, the water slide we always like yeah we want that to be a ride <laughs> one of the things really pissed off <laughs> why do they end up they all go down the same hole but they all end up on different water slides logic movie logic you know i mean it's it's all fun and, we're but, missing some fun lines like, here. Like you were saying with with uh, with Data, where he falls through the thing. I'm tired of falling down. I'm tired of skeletons. I'm <laughs> I love that part. Data's where he okay. Just goes Data's up. okay. <laughs> yeah, I love Data. Or like just the Fratellis that keep because it cuts back and forth between them chasing right. them and almost mm-hmm. getting away and. Uh, oh, and then more you know, of like, that, like Chunk, Chunk calling the police. You know, it's like th- <laughs> then it's just, it's like like those little those little creatures that multiply when you throw water on them. It's <laughs> yeah. like, a nice little reference there. Uh, another line from Anne Ramsey that I like is when they're they're chasing the nymphs. Like they're something that like they're close by. I can smell I can their smell bubble their bubble gum. <laughs> yeah, what? Good stuff. Good stuff. And then uh, the with the okay, when they get to the pirate ship, this is. Because it's it was it's been a thing for a while. Because Data has a line at the end about like the octopus was very scary. And, yeah. Um. When you watch that deleted scene, it's like okay, I'm kind of that's a good. Good. Thing. They cut I, it out. If, I never if saw. You watch it, that, I haven't seen it. No. It's a it's a giant. The, the octopus just doesn't look very good. Is <laughs> the thing. You know, it's not I, a very I good had effect. A feeling. It was funny because I remember I wrote that down because the octopus was very. scary. Gary, yeah, and I said that must have been a cut scene, but I've never seen that scene. Where Steph and Mouth are kind of attacked by the uh, the octopus. And it's kind of, well, it's a funny thing between them two, for one thing, because the sure. octopus is like kind of like brushing up against her legs and she's like, oh. Mouth, stop it! You know, one of those things. And then <laughs> the okay. octopus gets them. Maybe and, I have seen that, yeah. And they throw a, a tape recorder into its mouth and it just kind of like swims away it, it's it's just not a very good scene but <laughs> it was probably supposed to be kind of in reference to like the giant squid giant in squid, sure. 20 20 leagues yeah. under the sea um which again you know i mean those those kinds of kid you know disney adventure movies from you know treasure island Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea swiss family robinson i loved all those from the 60s those were really fun um so this kind of has a little bit of that quality to it. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that was not on purpose. I'm pretty sure it was. But um, the water slide, hell yeah. That's what everybody. Everyone when movie, I was a like, kid wanted to you, do that. You wanted to yeah. do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I always wanted to come out of like the highest, you know, whoever came mm-hmm. out of because like, that would be super fun to yeah. <laughs> come, out, come flying out of there and land in the water. Well, yes. we've got a we've got a water park here. And we've, it's been here forever, called Wild Waves. So they they have some, used to have some of those kinds of things, but they yeah. were deemed too dangerous. So a lot of them are so gone. What? But, Come on. but um, <laughs> yeah. Now I do have to say, thinking about this, the, one of the things when I was a kid, when when he lifts One Eyed Willie's eye patch, mm-hmm. and there's like just bone over the eye socket. When I was a kid, I remember that really freaking me out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, now that I'm older 
and watching a lot okay. of Beavis and Butthead. I got to yeah. say that one, One-Eyed Willie <laughs> is a rather unfortunate nickname. Yes, it is. <laughs> so anyway, basically, you might as well just call him Dickhead. <laughs> um, but, you know, hey. And then I always like too that um, in the part where they're they're banging on the pipes and everything in the country yeah. club. Yeah. First of all, yay for Troy! Like again, just kind of showing the what a dick he thing, is and yeah, the toilet yeah. thing, and then like showing him like crying for his daddy or whatever. It's like fuck you, Troy. Yeah. But there's a guy in the the shower wearing an eye patch <laughs> randomly. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah. I always like uh, that little touch. I'm like, is that on purpose? Would that guy just yeah. have an eye patch that day or something? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well. You know, the, uh, Chunk and Sloth saving the day. Obviously, there's a reference to uh, Captain Blood where he rides the <laughs> rides the sword or the knife down the sail, which, you know, he had been watching in the movie on TV. Um, and then, you know, rips his shirt open and there's the Superman, Superman quotation, shirt, yeah. you know, the T-shirt <laughs> and the Superman musical quotation. Um, so... Uh, Richard Donner probably calling up John Williams say, hey, John, we'd like to use this in our movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. No, it's actually, it would be Warner Brothers that he would have to call. But um, anyway, it's, uh, I don't know. It's corny, the hey, you guys. But I do love, I do love Mama, you bid bad. It's like, remember when I used to sing to you? I used to sing to you, rock my baby on the teetop. Fall, fall. <laughs> I only dropped you once, maybe twice. <laughs> okay, so maybe twice. All right. I, I don't like laughing at that, but <laughs> no. <laughs> now, when they the 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 explosion at the end, I was I was confused. I love like, the walking the plank though. Walking the plank, that's good. And then again, another like cute moment with Andy and Brand. Because Andy had kissed Mikey like right. earlier in the movie. Be standing in a hole. Here. <laughs> Next time, kiss with your eyes open. It's a whole new experience. <laughs> right. When um when they share their kiss, and she's like, "Where did your braces go?" And <laughs> she just has a cute little moment where she's because she she realizes she's what like, happens. Oh. She just yeah. goes, "Oh," and she smiles yeah. and kisses him again. I I don't know. I love little moments. I'm always yeah. like a, a moment. Yeah person like i've always mentioned the stuff that has nothing to do with anything but this is like little stuff like that that i think those are the things that the and that's the thing i think 70s and 80s filmmaking in particular especially 70s filmmaking it was built more out of moments it was less about plot you know it was about human moments and they can they can run the gamut of being you know cute or funny or silly or stupid or yeah. you know I just like humans right <laughs> you know yeah and I I like those kind of and like indie filmmaking in the nineties is that way too sure but I think we lose that so much in this oh this movie it, it what does this have to do with the plot type Who filmmaking <laughs> that that we have now you know what I mean everything has to be like this has to forward the plot it's like well what about the character though that's true i don't feel that like some of the movies that we've talked about recently that do have those little moments i don't feel that from a lot of newer stuff that i watch yeah that's what i'm feeling yeah and it's just like everything needs I'm, I'm, i'm not talking about independent films i'm talking about big movies mostly that tend to because i mean another one like tar is made up 
completely of you know character moments i mean there's Mm -hmm. in in almost i mean obviously there's a there's a through line of plot but it's about the character you know and the people that surround her things like that are an exception but i'm talking about if you're going to see the big summer blockbuster it's going to be mostly about what forwards the plot and i and i find that I find that to be a little uninteresting, personally. You and know? there might be a funny line or two yeah. here, but it's not not the same as what I get from this. Where yeah, like, and it doesn't make the movies bad. I mean, because yeah. I, because I, like I saw Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, which I honestly think is one of the best movies I've seen this year. But it is very much about you know, let's forward the plot. So it's good to remember those moments and and highlight them because yeah. That's what makes the movie special. I think so, too. I think yeah. so, too. Uh, now, the beach at the end is somewhere in California. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, how'd they get to California yeah, I know. Oregon? I know. I know. Well, I mean, the thing is, I always, as a kid, remembered somehow the ship coming out of Haystack Rock. I always thought it was inside Haystack Rock. I don't think it would it would fit. <laughs> Am I? It's a pretty big rock. <laughs> But um, there's a little Richard Donner cameo there too. He's one of the policemen uh, that really? rides up on the yeah on the ATVs at the end. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, <clears throat> then you know, finding the treasure, you know, the little little bag full of jewels the and marble the marble bag. bag. And um, now I always think it's funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. Get your voice back. Come on, Flem. <laughs> Flem. Anyway, when he when he rips up the contract and throws it in the air, and then there's like someone else throws it too. <laughs> he like he like throws it up in the air, but then there's like another burst of paper from behind him, from behind I his hands. Notice yeah, that if you, if you if you watch it real close, it's like clearly he's it's not just him that's throwing right. the thing in the air. Um, so I always thought that was funny. So anyway, maybe it is nostalgia glasses with this movie, but I don't know. I really think it's a lot of fun still. And, you know, if you, I Even have if it been was. starting to bristle more and more at the idea of movies that were popular at another time are no longer quote unquote acceptable today. I really don't like that term. Because it's sort of like, it's more complicated than that, you know? Yeah. And so I I feel like just because it doesn't pass the smell test on certain, you know, 2023 values, I don't think you should just throw out the whole thing entirely. Oh. Uh, I think that's ridiculous. I really struggle with some of those things. I mean, even some movies that I don't think are good i mean there's some that are or like really do have issues like serious problems some of the filmmaking and some of the sort of effect on film history and this is not one of those movies but have some value even if the subject matter is horrendous <laughs> you can probably fill in the blank what with what kinds of things I'm thinking about. And but. I can't throw out an entire movie because of, you know, one word or one mm-hmm. line or something. Sure. Uh, I don't think that's really fair. Right. Um, I agree with you. So, yeah. Even, even one character or one action. 
yeah. even we can that recognize that, that like yeah this isn't cool anymore and right it probably it wasn't shouldn't have been cool then, then either but, but what can you do you can't change the movie now <laughs> right well unless you're george lucas i know you're gonna say that but <laughs> yeah. but still um, well, I was going to say, too, like, even if you did love this movie just for nostalgia, what is wrong with that either? To some like, people extent, have, yeah, I think that's true. I think Nostalgia have, being completely negative yeah, and it's not, yeah. It's not, that's not really the right outlook to have is like, it's, uh, I don't get, I never got that. Like, I'm a big nostalgia person and like, I've, I've changed a little bit when, you know, growing up growing up and like getting older and like realizing like because i would keep things mostly sure um that held some kind of memory to me and so that's very special to me to like to go back because it's it's not about the thing or whatever but it's about going back to a a place and a time of like Mm -hmm. you know feeling safe or happy or comfort or something sure and sometimes that's what movies like this can do you know like oh like oh i remember like watching this movie all the time like not this one specifically for me but it's like you just have that memory growing up and it what what's wrong with going back to that place if you want to like escape from your you know life right now for a minute (laughs) sure i think there's also you know we've talked a little bit like when we on last night in soho uh episode we talked about how looking at the past purely through rose-colored glasses can be a negative thing. But I don't think nostalgia in this sense is the, is that. No. I think it's I see different that as a different that. thing. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, that was a past that she never would have experienced either. Um, but I do kind of find it funny. You know, a lot of like 80s nostalgia TV and movies that have come out, you know, Stranger Things and... You know, the It remake, uh, I think they kind of look at the 80s in ways that are kind of like ridiculous, too. And and so that sort of has always made me go, eh. which is kind of why I like Bones and all, because it feels like, felt like an actual depiction of what the 80s was like, where some things were cool and some things were that people were into were really not cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, things like that. I think that there's... There's a nice, there's a balance, you know, when you look at the past, you got to realize that, you know, it's not like any time it's not perfect because humanity is not perfect. You know, that's just my opinion on on the nostalgia factor, I guess. (laughs) Now, one movie I have zero nostalgia for because I didn't see it until now is our next movie, which is Heavyweights. So, yeah, you're just seeing this for the first time, but. Heavyweights was one. I don't know exactly when I saw it for the first time. I was trying to think of like how I even saw it. And I'm pretty sure it was one of those like Disney Channel movies. It seems like it. It has sort of that quality to it. Yeah. That I probably watched all the time. And it's it's just been a favorite ever since. And actually watching it um, now as an adult and kind of how my life is now too like i i really like it a lot more and i kind of see a little bit more of what it's doing but um at the same time it's, it's got a good message to it but at the same time it is also just like one of those goofy ass like kids movies that i don't know it doesn't seem like we really get anymore where it's, it's got just enough of stuff that's a, it's a little off it's a little wrong <laughs> in sure. some ways but like in a funny like wholesome way like there's nothing too like to, to 
I don't know about this movie. It's that, it's yeah. pretty wholesome. It's yeah, I think that's wholesome. a good word for it. Yeah, is and you know that that comes across in the it's very it's a very nice movie yeah and that's one of the things that but the, I don't mean that as a negative thing and <laughs> me it, it was actually really pleasant to watch a movie that was this nice you know because so much of what Good. we watch is cynical and edged and it's like this is not that no. at all it is just fun and funny and sweet and but not in a way that makes my teeth hurt you know i mean it's <laughs> right. you know it, it doesn't feel so saccharine that it's that it's painful to watch either um i i just think it's it's a good just fun movie that and it, it my daughter up, was but... kind of drawn into it yesterday too she was like Yay. oh yeah it was she didn't really say anything about it. She was just, she was sitting there playing her switch, you know, just in the room while I was watching it. And then I, I would just look over and I would catch her just watching, you know, what was going, it's just kind of clearly sort of sucked into what was going on with it. Because again, it, I think the comedy element like really balances it out from being too. Yes, like, it does. This is a moment, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is a, this is a life lesson that we're learning. You got, we got enough like, uh, personalities and yeah. wild characters. I think that um, again, like I said, like the, kind of those irreverent like um, children's comedies that we don't really get a whole lot of anymore that I really miss. And because there's just like a, a a really cool like a, a like adult comedy, you know, people behind the scenes, you know, that yeah. bring that to it. That yeah, I mean, really it was of kind of shocking for me to see that it was written by. Judd Apatow. Yeah. Because, I mean, a guy known for really, really pretty raunchy yeah. adult comedies. Um, There's, he sprinkles a little bit of that. comedies, yeah. Just a little <laughs> Just bit, enough. Though. Just enough. But it's not, it's not, it's not, you know, like, you know, the peeing in your face joke and because you have a boner at the beginning of uh, of 40-year-old virgin or something like that. But, I mean, it's, um, you know, there's a dick punch. Um, yeah. There's... A couple of things like that. There's a fart in your face joke, you know. Um, There's talk of skinny wieners. Skinny wieners, yeah. Um, It's, you know, I mean, but most of the humor is, I I don't know, it's just funny, Hmm? you know, without being raunchy funny. Uh, I mean, even the part where, you know, he's walking home from school on that last day and uh-huh. he's like, you throw me the throw us the ball he's on the other side and he's trying to throw it over the fence and he can't do it and he tries to hand it over the fence and it falls back I mean, it's really funny yeah. and it's just, the poor kid and, I, and the thing is again totally could relate to that was that you oh you totally like, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean throw like a throw like a girl i quote unquote i mean which at the time was an insult um, right. It's not really an insult anymore, right? Because that's not really a thing <laughs> anymore. But uh, um, it was it that was me. I was just like I would be the last pick for any sports team and PE or whatever. When we were forced to play sports, I was like, "Don't make me do this." But I would be last picked anyway. Uh, you know that kind of thing. Because I was clumsy, I was I'm really awkward with, you know, things like that, and still feel like I don't have control over my limbs entirely. And no, even when I'm, <laughs> you know, even now that I've had to really be mindful of that, you know, because I've been 
working out, lifting weights, particularly for the past couple years now. And so you really have to be mindful of how your body is working and moving. And so I still, even with that, feel kind of awkward with how my limbs move. What do I do with my hands? You know, I can't throw a ball. I can't throw a Frisbee. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Other people that do the same thing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I can skip rocks on the lake. That's about it. I was wondering and hoping, you know, that Maybe because of that, that this would be like one of those movies that oh, maybe yeah. you sort of wish you had had when you were a kid. Kind of. Yeah. You know? There's because, some like, lines I, later in the movie that really is like, I I get what he's saying. Like, especially Pat. That There's a scene where they're sitting on the, the dock. Tired of being the fat guy. You yeah. know, that's essentially what came to my mind when the day that I decided I'm going to change this. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm tired of being the fat guy. I mean, it's been a mountain and a valley, a mountain and a valley, but you it's know. A ju- you, it's a journey. It's a, yeah. And so right now I'm the chubby guy. <laughs> so, which is, which is in slight, slightly different than being the fat guy. Um, but, uh, you know, I was the thin guy for the first time in my life a couple years ago, about, you know, 2020, 2019. I was the thinnest I have ever been in my life. COVID sort of changed that, but, um, you know, I'm working on being that, but I mean, it's about, uh, one of the things I like about the message of this movie is it's like taking control of yourself. I mean, being, Mm -hmm. being you the best that you can be, and it's not about shaming and it's not about, which, I mean, that's the problem with Tony Perkis is it's all about shaming and it's always about you're terrible and you won't be of value until you're thin. And that's not the way I feel. That's not the way you feel. I mean, you have lost almost a hundred pounds. I lost almost a hundred pounds when I uh, was at my leanest. So that's not the message of the movie is that your only value is if you were thin. That's not it at all. Um, And what I, what I saw this time watching it was that this is actually kind of the perfect movie for that whole discussion, which is kind Mm -hmm. of going on um, right now is that it does show the extremes on both sides and yes. how they're not good and how the real secret of success, you know, if you're going to go on this like a weight loss journey or a health journey or something like that is to find that middle ground that works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Find and the thing that, ex- yeah, that exactly makes you happy. Says. And that that's what yeah. it comes down to is what makes you feel good. What do you enjoy doing? Because that's mm-hmm. what's going to be effective anyway. Um, don't do it because someone is someone else is making you do it that's never going to work you're never Mm going to be successful if your parents or you know some other guy forces you to like go and lose go to a fat camp and lose weight right you know you have to want it for yourself for one thing that's the big thing yeah you have to have that realization and you have to find yeah find something that you actually enjoy doing that will make you successful in the long term and that's yeah I think that's overall like the message of this movie is like one extreme going super crazy with working out and like, you know, health and yeah, shaming people that Mm -hmm. don't live the same kind of lifestyle. That's horrible. Yeah. And it's also horrible to like completely throw your health out the window. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. One, you know, that Lord of the Flies scene. That's what I call it. (laughs) That's that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the the thing is... 
I always find it a little hard to talk about some of this stuff because I know there's like these trends out there Mm -hmm. that if you are attempting to lose weight, you are quote unquote fat phobic or you dislike people who, no, that's not the case. This is my choice to do. This has nothing to do with you. It's me and it's purely me. And I'm not trying to be someone who wants anyone to feel bad. If you no, feel bad never. because I because we're losing weight or trying to change that aspect, it is nothing has nothing to do with anyone else but ourselves. I mean, Michelle and I we will send a, like you know encouraging texts and things like that to each other. I just had an issue and stuff yesterday. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that you had yeah. to talk me through. I did, and boy, I I was worried about you a little bit. I was like, no, you know. You were, just, having, you were having a moment, but you're Yeah, I was having now. my moment, discouraging time. Yeah, which, which I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> you know? But the, but at the same time, I can relate to that because I had been there too. Yeah. Because, I mean, one of the th- weird things about it, the, something like this, is sometimes you just don't see your own progress. Yeah. And, That's or, where I was. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, I yeah, think... Yeah, but it's like... I, th- I don't know. It's a, it's I a, wasn't... I wasn't influenced. Subject now. I know. To I wasn't influenced to start this really because they always say it's like it's diet culture and it's like what society tells you is beautiful. It's like no, that's I didn't feel comfortable or happy in my own body. Mm-hmm. I was uncomfortable. I was finding it difficult to do certain things. I was finding it difficult to do my job, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I pretty much. I had to quit smoking, you know, because of right. uh, my apartment. You'd be kicked complex. out of your house, yeah. <laughs> I would have been kicked yeah. out of my apartment complex. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was kind of the start of it. It's like, okay, well, if I can do this and get healthy in that aspect, I can do. Because I I didn't I wouldn't want to just lose weight. I wanted to I don't know. I just I wanted to be stronger. I wanted to feel better about myself. I wanted to live longer. I didn't want to have so many health problems hopefully you know you, you you try to make the right decisions now so you don't have sure. health problems later on in life um yep so that's kind of what my goal was was just being able to do the things that i i wanted to do and actually feeling because i'd been making other changes and you know going through other stuff and you know growing up in in a way and in, in different parts of my life that were making me give, making me more confident making me more like the person i wanted to be and this was just an aspect of all of that you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i feel the same way for for my own i mean my motivation at first was not necessarily entirely positive um i was trying to impress somebody but yeah. that's not the case anymore now i'm kind of fighting against myself exactly and i, and I actually kind of love that you know you push yourself to yeah it's kind of like rocky i think rocky <laughs> is is a great sort of metaphor for that because it's all about and boxing is a good one boxing mm-hmm. movies are that's why i love them so much as sports movies because they're Those individual sports there's yeah. so much about I mean, yes, there's an opponent ultimately, but the it's almost like Apollo Creed and Rocky are two sides of the same coin fighting against themselves huh? in that movie. And I think that, you know, I think how that's far why can you movie, go? How yeah. much can you push your body? And, yeah, yeah. That you so finally convincing me to do the weightlifting thing though has been like kind of huge. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, yeah, I told you so. <laughs> I know. 
because I know, it's a game changer. It's totally it is. It's like you. It gives you a. It gives you a goal, but it also mm-hmm. gives you kind of a. It's also something that you can always improve at. You can never yeah. kind of reach the end of that. You know, which is unfortunately some. Sometimes people try and take shortcuts. You know, steroids, things like that, wow. which are are negative ultimately. Um, no, it's it, part of the journey but the journey is so much more interesting the little steps that you the little changes that you you can see like different things that you can do now that you can do like i was kind of looking since i started like a new you know quote unquote phase of my (laughs) my plan this week i was kind of looking back at the beginning of what i was doing like when i first started versus like what i'm doing now and i'm like sure hey look at that I'm killing it. Exactly. It's slow progress, like compared to what I see other people at the gym doing. Sure. Like I'm not lifting nearly as heavy as some people, but. How long hey. have they been doing it though? Yeah. And I'll get there eventually. Doing, are they, are doing, they doing it, it right? With, right. You know, I mean, that's yeah. another, that's another one that, that you see. It's like, wow, that person's lifting a lot more weight than me, but they're lifting <laughs> it real bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Um, and yeah, I still yeah. have like a weight loss goal and like sure. a physique goal, sure. you know, now that just to see if I can do it though, mostly is the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's just like, uh, yeah, just how, how much can I push myself? How long can I actually stick with this? I think that's the biggest thing mm-hmm. is because um, there's I, I was thinking back on it you know this week is like there's so many things in my life you know hobbies or whatever that I've started and stopped and that I think that's what I was really struggling with too when I was having problems with um yesterday am I just, gonna, like, am I just gonna give this up like I have everything else I when I really don't want to and it's like kind of gotten into me now and I I really don't want to give this up um uh, right. I, I want to keep that motivation going so um that's that's another like um marker of success i think that i'm trying to to focus on too that i'm actually i'm still doing it you know Mm -hmm. i'm still doing it every day every day almost every day (laughs) when i knew that here's how i knew that this was probably going to be something i was stick with i i couldn't go to the gym for what six months during Mm -hmm. covid and i had gained a fair amount of weight just from depression and all those kinds of aspects. I mean, not uh, everything yep. back. I hadn't gained everything back by any means. I still haven't. But, you know, it wasn't where I wanted to be. I mean, particularly. But the fact that the day the gyms reopened, I put on that mask and I went and I worked out lower weights on everything because there had been a certain amount of, you know, weakness because yeah. of just lack of use. But, you know, obviously within, I mean, probably within a f- few weeks, I was back to where I was because muscle memory is a thing, which is cool. And yeah, the same um, thing when I had my surgery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I told you that. I was like, you'll be fine. Don't worry. Yep. I'm and, already back where I was. Yep. yep. And, um, but the fact that I just kept going was like after that long of a break, yeah. I got up and did it again. And I get to the gym at five in the morning. So, I mean, it's not like something that you just automatically do all right you have to make yourself you have to do it, do it. Is, is um was just kind of like i think this is probably something that's gonna stick and that's the thing that finding the thing that works and you like and and i think that's where ultimately this movie ends up you end up with yeah. um jerry and 
I keep on wanting to call him Kenny, even though that's his name on Tom McGowan's character is uh, is is not Kenny in this. He is Pat. Pat. <laughs> He's Kenny <laughs> on Frasier, which is one of my favorite oh. shows. Okay, Kenny is the Frasier. cameraman. You know, Kenny so the cameraman. Like, <laughs> Kenny the cameraman. But but um, but Pat Finley. What they're doing at, towards the end. I mean. And is there a great amount of difference in the way they look? No, but they say they feel better. I yeah. like that element. I like where he says, this is. Yeah, when he's talking where, to his parents. Where, where's yeah. dad's like, he hasn't lost a pound. It's like, yeah, but I feel good. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's because that's after they have started making the little changes after learning about um, what has gone yeah. on before yeah. then. I mean, this is an interesting movie, how it starts out. You've got introduced to Jerry right away, of course, and that's sort of the character we fall follow up and he's he's sort of it's not about him losing weight it's about him becoming sort of a leader yeah in this that's kind captain. of the what this is <laughs> becoming the captain that he's sort of labeled as at the uh-huh. beginning is pretty funny you know it's pretty well done it's a nice story but you know he's the promotional video showed by tim blake <laughs> nelson it, he always surprises role. me yeah I've seen this so many times, but every time I that first real scene in the movie, I'm like, Tim Blake Nelson, like, where did you come from? <laughs> yeah, it's something. And um, so he uh, he goes to Camp Hope, a.k.a. you're sending me to fat camp. You know, it's like, it's I'm not going to go. And then he cuts to the airplane. You know? <laughs> right. But immediately he Roy, yeah, he meets Roy right away. And Roy is like, he's the man. That's what he says. I'm the man. Um, <laughs> And he's such a fun kid. It's great. And the, uh, I love Kenan Thompson. And the th- yeah, he's wonderful in this. Yeah. And just the way this all sets up is like this is this is yeah this is a quote unquote fat camp, but it's a fun place to be. Yeah. It's a place well, they like to come to every year, and they have bond. They don't necessarily uh, succeed in those some of those goals but um they really do bond as people together and you got pat um played by tommy well, who's so terrific as you know driving the bus at the beginning is well uh, what does roy say on the plane too and he's like well, no one bullies you here for being the fat kid because everyone's we're the all kid. the fat kid <laughs> yeah it's all yeah. about it's another thing about like just finding your people and finding that's how you're going to be successful like finding people that you're comfortable with that you know can support you with whatever you want to do can be sure. something too not people that are always jumping down your throat like change 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 right but, you right. know yeah uh and then i think some of the characters that are introduced at the beginning are really interesting um like my favorite is Tim? Paul Feig as Tim, <laughs> who I was gonna ironically say, he, is made fun of because he used to be because he lost weight, yeah, because he lost weight, and which now I the, think, the kids which make fun I of think him. is really, really true to life. Have you had that experience? I get that experience like when I go to family gatherings. It's like you're too skinny, or um, eat something, or I haven't you know, had all, that. No, yeah, I've I. It's like. All of that stuff is like I don't I don't like you so thin. Oh, no, that was I one of the things. That was I one of the things I got. That. It's like, you know, I'm fine. I am perfectly healthy. Hmm. And the thing is, I hadn't developed when I was at my leanest. I hadn't developed a huge amount of muscle, so I was thin. I was really thin, and I maybe looked a little 
on the, the scrawny side, but it was not unhealthy. I mean, you, you could see some of those pictures from that time. It's like, I've got, I've got a fair amount of muscle build huh? and it, it was not unhealthy. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I mean, <laughs> but, but I would get that. It's like, and I think that criticism that comes up, oh, so-and-so is quote unquote too thin. It's, it's sort of the opposite side of when people call people you're too overweight, you know, yeah. and it's like, well, is it your business? I mean, there is such a thing as anore- I'm, and this was not anorexia by any means yeah. either. Cause I mean, I, I, the way I lost the weight was in a healthy way. So for the most part, I am not going to say there, there were times where I definitely under ate, mm-hmm. um, at, because I didn't know what I was doing, but after uh, I knew, too. Yeah. yeah, but after I knew what I was doing, it was like, oh, okay. You know, this this is this is better. I feel better. Uh, but <laughs> and when you, you do know. it the right way, like yeah. we have, you know, you yeah. learn that a lot of those, yeah, crash like toxic, diets and things toxic like that are, diet yeah. shit that we yeah. all kind of grew up with. Like I understand where people are coming from when they have those Absolutely. kind of arguments. Like because that was the. Uh, I don't know. That was the feeling around, you know, the mm-hmm. this whole weight loss thing for a long time. Even Weight Watchers is fucking stupid. Don't go with that. <laughs> the only thing that works is a calorie deficit and eating real food, just yeah. making healthier choices of things that you like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. I'm both of us subscribed. I mean, it's like we're not trying to we're not trying to pitch our program here, but no, I mean, but it's like when but you kind of where it's a flexible dieting program where you eat yeah. what you want, you just do it in a calorie deficit. Yeah, yeah but I'm just saying because that's like what this movie kind of is talking about. It's talking it's about like both both choices, of those toxic yeah. sides, like toxic mm-hmm. you know diet culture and like only eating like you know salads and peas and eating as little as possible it's like no when you actually get into the people that are doing it the right way you know that is it's like well actually no sometimes you you probably need to eat more food (laughs) you know you're probably not eating enough to sustain you know your body so yeah you know well i mean the thing is perkis is not wrong when he says oh right in order we're gonna have to decrease your food intake and uh increase your metabolic output uh-huh. It's like that's actually technically correct. It's just that the way that he sure, that but... the way that he does it, the way that he does it is, you know, where he's canceling meals on them all the time. Too extreme. It's like, yeah, it's is so extreme, and it's funny because you know, like the whenever they show him in his in sort of like his own office where he's making the announcements, he has all like these supplements on the shelf, yeah, <laughs> and stuff. It's really kind of funny. Uh, I know. Tim, I don't ever want to feel like I'm like preaching like my lifestyle no, I don't, for this. I, it's like yeah. it's just. Because I've gone through, like, I haven't had like huge problems with my weight in my whole life. I wasn't like overweight as a as a child. It kind of like slowly, like to like high school, college times when I really started to deal with that. So I, and I have lost a bunch of weight and gained it all back and gained back more. And I just, you know, I've been through all of that, and it's just being in a really happy healthy place now like again like finding what actually works and what's what works for me mm-hmm. that's what's no that's just what's made me the happiest now and i just i i, I don't want to i don't know i just I, I don't i don't like that some of some of this is seen as, as toxic when it's really it's not <laughs> again right. if you just do it the right way <laughs> right i know yeah and there can be good the, it's a, that's what this movie is doing it's like showing the middle ground you can't go extreme right. on either side yeah i mean because there's also like you see a lot of denial of there being anything unhealthy about being 
overweight or obese. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, that's not honest there either. Is, yeah. There really is danger in in that, you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, uh but yeah, I, I love Tim. Tim is one of my favorite <laughs> characters in this movie. And I think I also because I can kind of relate to him, too, mm-hmm. because I have, you know, I was the, the the like I said, the chubby little kid, you know, that did lose a lot of the weight, you know, and I, I never wore the half shirts and cut off <laughs> shorts like him. But, you know, hey. Oh, but he looks so sexy. So 90s. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's fun. Uh, then we have Julie, the the new nurse, who is so sweet. I know. I she love this is, actress. Uh, She's very Leah sweet. Leah Lale. She is now a real estate agent in Beverly Hills. <laughs> uh, she she retired from acting. Um, That's what happened. So it's like good you for You know her. what I love, too, about this is like with Tim and with Jerry. Like Jerry is the new kid, right? Yeah. yeah. And Tim is the one who's, you know, lost weight. And like you would think they would shut him out. Is any is, – are either one of them like treated – any differently like no they're nope. they're immediately accepted by everybody they might razz them a little bit and they call they jerry captain do that to everybody yeah they call jerry captain because you know the the uh, one of the flight attendants gave them wings on the plane or whatever and so yeah. that's it are you gonna call me captain the whole summer and they're like yep <laughs> yeah so they're doing it but he's but he's immediately accepted as as a friend yep. and they're like yeah tim lost weight but we make fun of him now but he's cool you know we, he's we cool still love exactly him. yeah and i don't know i just i find that i think that's a really that was a really refreshing thing that i i don't know i hadn't really noticed before you know because yeah. usually there would be like the new kid like hazing or razzing sure. or something but there's really not well, i mean they they just kind of dish it out to everybody and everyone and everyone takes as well as they dish it out right you know Which is how it so usually is it's among, pre- like, actual it friend is. groups you know especially you know i'm i don't know from from my experience like like boy scout summer camp this totally brought back what that really? felt like. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. I never got to go to summer camp. I never had uh, all these like kid summer camp movies, even the horror movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, dang, that would have been really cool to, to experience sure. that, you know, get away from the parents for a few weeks and just go hang out with kids your age and have fun out in the woods. Like, I think we did that. Like a, a weekend trip with Girl Scouts, like one time we went and stayed at a summer camp and sure. that was, that's my only experience with that. So I always yeah. love these, like, maybe that's another reason why I'm kind of attracted to this because I've always wanted to do something like that. And sure. I just nostalgic for an experience I never had, you know? Uh, no, I get it. I get it. I mean, it's, then it's some of the things they set up at the beginning, it'll just before we we learn the twist to, you know you know they're they're trying out the blob and they're the blue the, danube music the blue danube <laughs> i was hoping you would yeah and well that. and there's another kubrick music cue later from a clockwork orange there is yeah it's uh it, the uh the part with the lord of the fly scene they play the uh the mag the thieving magpie they are. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I noticed that it was, I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, I tell you, like I've said, like I said, <laughs> 2001 influences everything. Notice Including this is heavyweight. a slow motion sequence of them playing on the blob <laughs> to the Blue Danube waltz. Clearly 
2001. I mean, it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre where you, now that you've seen it, you will see it everywhere. Uh, it's crazy. I definitely laughed when yeah. this came up again. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't heard our episode of cult movies on 2001, um, yes, Michelle has become a believer. It finally got me to watch it. And guess what? I liked it. <laughs> Begrudgingly liked it. Yes. <laughs> I was so I was ready to go to battle in that episode, and and then both <laughs> you of you come to. to it being like, I really vibed with this. It was like, <laughs> what? I was ready Were for a fight. I was ready for a fight, um, <laughs> but I didn't have to do that, which was nope. great. That was that's a really good fun episode that we had with. Uh, always fun to talk yeah. to Anthony King Love over Anthony. at Cult Movies. Yeah. Um, anyway, Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira. <laughs> As the former owners. The Bushkins. Sometimes you file Chapter 9 bankruptcy. Never let anyone sign your checks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and this this was Jerry Stiller, Seinfeld era still, I think, or or just after that. And so (laughs) this this is him sort of at the height of his record, you know, of him being recognized. Um, So I, I love that. And then, of course, his son as uh, <laughs> Tony Perkis. Now, for me, I, as soon as I saw Tony Perkis, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's his character from Dodgeball. Told except, he's like, he's trying it out. <laughs> yeah, except he's, he's it's, it's more, it's cleaner. It's not so sexual and dirty. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, he's not quite as douchey as he is in, uh, in Dodgeball, but he's close. It's sort of like, <laughs> it's the Disney version of that character. Yeah, um, right. So, but even like similar outfits and everything, the colors, I don't know. It just, it's like, exactly I, it's, the true, same as it's true. It's <laughs> true. But I mean, it's like moti- Tony Robbins motivational speakers kind yeah. of things, you know, Susan Powder and all that other stuff that was going on at the time. It's like, I love this. Can you smell it? There's a life force in here tonight. You know, just about every line that he says is just gold. I know. It's uh, all of my notes are pretty much like quotes. No. Not even all of them are from his. Like everybody I know. I is know. hilarious in this movie. Like the kids are so funny. When I was 11 years old, I was 319 pounds. Being an only child and educated entirely by private tutors my whole life, I'm looking forward to interacting with children for the very first time. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like, now I eat success for breakfast with skim milk, of course. Skim milk. The the look on their face when he says skim milk is pretty funny, too. But again, with the kid actors, too, like, we have some recognizable faces here. We said, like, um, Kenan Thompson. I don't know. Uh um, God, I always forget Josh. The kid who plays Josh, he was in the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, Josh is uh, Sean Sean Weiss. Yeah. He kills it, too. He's like, Mm -hmm. these kids are like some of those phases that you recognize, like, from this era, like, that you kind of feel like you grew up with. Sure. You know, I I love them. And he's, (laughs) Josh, I love Josh's moment here, too, when there's just a cut to him and he just goes, like, watching Tony Perkis do his whole thing. He just goes, oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like a beautiful line reading. (laughs) You know, and there's... And, you know, some of the adult characters, too, like like Jeffrey Tambor as his father. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty recognizable character actor, um, you know. Uh, so, I don't know. Lots of good stuff going on. Of course, we already mentioned Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira. Uh, what's his name? Alan Co- Co- Covert or whatever. He's a uh, plays Kenny the Cameraman. Um, he yes. shows up on a lot of Adam Sandler 
movies. Yeah, you only recognize uh, him from a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, he's in, uh, of course, uh, The Wedding Singer, uh, and he is in Fifty First Dates. Um, okay, is he. He's in Murder Mystery and Just Go oh. With It and Hubie Halloween, Happy Gilmore. Yep. Literally every Adam Sandler yeah. movie, he is there. Well, The Wedding Singer was the one where that I knew him from was because of he plays the limo driver, you know, sort of Adam Sandler's best friend in that. Mm-hmm. Really? She said that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so funny. I just I watched that not that long ago with the kids, and they it actually killed. It was really that's, they really liked it, and they liked Fifty First Dates as well. I mean, those both of those, I, yeah, those they're kind of two, two sides of the same coin. They're pretty good. Um, yeah. I haven't seen the the third one. Uh, what is it called? The one, the third one with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Um, mixed or oh no yeah i haven't seen that one yet. you know what i'm yeah i haven't seen that one yet but um so the camp gets a whole new taken uh, over old owners are out and then we got the the percus system percus um, systems. we're percusizing <laughs> we're percusizing i'm gonna use it i'm, I'm gonna go percusizing this morning i was hoping you'd like catch on cut that keep that up <laughs> yeah cody what is going on out there we're, we're percusizing. <laughs> Today is evaluation day. The key word is value. I love their new um, counselor. Lars yeah. is... So they get a whole new staff and the new... Um, <laughs> the, yeah, the new is Lars. The thing is, I grow to really love Lars. Lars is at great. <laughs> first, at first, he's like, he's just a tool of Perkis. But as the movie goes on, you can really see, I mean, even before, you know, they sort of oust him. Yeah. That, the professor against us thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love the part like where he's at the, he's the DJ at the <laughs> dance and he's, uh-huh. and he's, he's moving. He's got his thing going on. He's, he's becoming likable pretty quick. Even the body system is pretty funny. Buddy. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a severely deviated <laughs> septum. When I sleep, I make a very disturbing sound. Do not be alarmed. I am fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I am that way. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, gosh. And I think, okay, so there is a little bit of like kind of like, I don't want to say like tropey, like fat kid stuff that they do in here. Like when they... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they all sneak in candy, obviously, sure, and like yeah. you know, hide it all around their cabin and stuff. And they're always, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I don't know. I, I like how it turns all of that stuff around by yeah. the end. That this, I think that's what this movie do, does a little bit differently. That even though it kind of looks from the outside like it's being like it's doing all the same things that you see over and over again, it's, I think mm-hmm. it's really kind of fighting against all of those tropes at the same time mm-hmm. which is By, something it's, interesting it's like it's like depicting them and then twisting them yeah i, I think so too for the most part just um, because we've been talking like before about like these like one the one character like all of the characters you know in this movie mm-hmm. and like in other movies that we've talked about and now like yeah they're all they're all together <laughs> i don't know yeah it, yeah. it seems i like i like kind of like that we're doing this one now as like after we've done those where it's like we're seeing the the culmination of all of that and seeing them actually learn and grow and be treated sure. as real characters and real people. Like they're not in their individual well, movies always where they're kind of just looked the, at to be laughed at. 
one of the things that sort of won me over is like when they're playing the baseball game, it's very bad news bears. They're mm-hmm. they're awful at the beginning. I love Why the, is the all the shots are of Jerry like fucking up though. <laughs> like, I love the one I, I don't I don't remember who it is, but where the kid swings the bat and he hits himself in the back of the head with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's that really the really big Yeah, the, the really, really big kid. kid, Sam or whatever. He <laughs> always has the bloody nose. The, the curly hair, yeah. Yeah. I love there's a scene in there where Roy, he's sort of made f- fun of by the by the camp mvp kid and he takes the bat and just sort of (laughs) knocks him in the ribs and then but then makes it look like he's just going up to bat Uh that is like that is one of those moments that's like twisting the trope Mm -hmm. it's just the start of it you know and then it just keeps flipping it and flipping it and flipping it throughout the rest of the movie well, also what it sets, what this movie sets up too is that the, this is not just about like the growth of the kids, but there's also the character of Pat, yeah, um, who looks kind of actually he and Jerry actually look the same, so it's almost like this they was really Pat do when yeah. he was a kid, or like mm-hmm. and he's still there's still things from when he was a kid that he hasn't gotten over, mm-hmm. and it just kind of shows like how that kind of bullying and shaming and stuff can affect someone you know years and years in, into life when yeah. you know, people tell you to just get over or whatever you know like or don't sure. listen to the bullies or whatever it's not that easy to do right. you can you still grow up and you still lack the self-confidence you know like we see when he first meets julie and you know, mm-hmm. he's attracted to her because she's cute and then like he can't remember where the infirmary is even though he's been going to that right. place for 18, 18 years. years and so he's still uncomfortable you know around girls you know he doesn't have the the self-confidence in himself yet so that's another thing that this movie is kind of showing is you know the long-term effects of growing up as these kids do like being bullied by other uh, kids for how they look and and it's showing the both of them the the adult mm. version of him and and the kids like finding their their self-confidence finally absolutely I gotta say there are a couple of lines here from around there's so here many lines I want to say like just random shit like when Perkis is um you know, searching the cabin and he says, oh, look, a deli meat. <laughs> Something about the way he says that is just like, it's so Ben Stiller. Lunch has been canceled due to lack of <laughs> like hustle. hustle. Deal, Deal with, with it. it. Observe the silence of the chi. Um, when he like really commits to a character like this, he is so goddamn funny he really is and i mean it's he, like this and like uh, mr F- mr fury and mystery men i feel the sure, same way yeah. about you know and 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 dodgeball you and know dodgeball. the character yeah, the character absolutely. he is in dodgeball i mean he is 100 percent in that and he gets the joke is the thing yeah. and, and, and so, he gets the joke here he knows his, he, absolutely he knows, he knows exactly what this character is trying to do yeah yeah even like the the little part where um, it's, it's before the baseball game because he's got a funny line after that too and he comes riding up on his bike and then he picks up his bike and he does and he like curls, curls with it, with it yeah. and he puts it up and he runs off with it with his bike on his you shoulder gotta like, admit, you gotta admit <laughs> Ben Stiller in this movie is in he's really ripped. good shape <laughs> You know, and the thing is previous movies to this you know reality bites or whatever never would have thought that he he had <laughs> that going on He's ripped. (laughs) Yeah. But he's like, we're not teaching them about sports. We're teaching them about life, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> or they're doing the weigh-in <laughs> and they're taking their like before pictures. It's another one of those like just goofy you little moments. my camera. It doesn't make sense. It's not reality, but yeah. in this kind of movie, like in these this kind of movie that came out or like around this time, like this shit happened all the time. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, the, the camera like breaks and he's like, "You've broken my camera." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got he plays like the the new agey like angelic music when in the, the morning in the morning good morning <laughs> roy's like oh no i'm dead <laughs> everybody not just been still but like all of these kids are just uh yeah they, they kill me that that first day, their their uniforms are also like hilarious because mm-hmm. it's so unflattering. Like yeah, it's so bizarre looking. Yeah, bizarre like kind of jumpsuit yeah. type things. And they're using <laughs> that 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 sort of skating exercise <laughs> platform thing. Glide. I feel skinny, Glide. Tony. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Only film the ones that are standing, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the kids. Are- you know, I think my favorite scene in this movie is, though, what? is probably the dance with the girls. Mm-hmm. I, I just find that so charming because you're starting to see, first of all, that Lars is not just a hard ass. He actually is kind of a, got a personality in there. Yeah. And so he's the DJ. And so he's play- all the music he's playing is just like, you know, 70s funk kind of stuff and and paul feig cover sugar-free punch this bites bites you know, <laughs> it's really bites but, but lars like dancing to i believe in miracles is really funny <laughs> which just makes me think of the full monty i loved that movie because um, his dance moves are just like yeah hips <laughs> yeah it's so funny but i gotta say the paul feig paul feig <laughs> in this scene delivering the greatest dance moves ever right? put on film since Crispin Glover in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what are you doing? I'm saving the dance. It's called Boogie Fever. Catch it. <laughs> and then the girls are kind of digging it, you know? Uh-huh. And then I love after they stop the dance. Is it, I can't remember what character. Is it Sam? I can't remember who it is, but he's like kissing the girl. <laughs> it's they literally so like just awesome. met. I know. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. And I, I think that is just like, Oh, it's so smart. And well, and in, in this within this little scene too, there's the same kind of thing that the whole movie is doing because Tony obviously set this up to where you know he figured it's that the meant girls to be an would all re- yeah. reject the the guys, you know, because of that, and that's how it does start out because there is a little moment where that one girl is like. Why don't they just lose weight? And what does the other girl say to her? So you can teach them to throw up like you do. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's like showing the extremes. Those, the yeah. extremes. Yeah. And then also when they actually do start dancing together, you, you kind of hear it like uh, um, as the girl Tony kicks the girls out because oh no, they're actually having a good time. This, this is, is not what it. I yeah. wanted. Right. But you hear something. Yeah, there's the shot of uh, is, is it Cody? Yeah, g- uh, kissing that one girl um, mm-hmm. who's actually really cute and really pretty. Yeah, so yeah. go, good job, dude. Yeah. But you also hear some of the other girls say, "Like, oh, he was actually like really nice. Like, why do we? Yeah, why do we have to leave? Because mm-hmm. mm, you yeah. actually like interact with people on a human level, and what do mm-hmm. you know? You're the same. <laughs> you, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And you know, I mean, maybe it's a little another thing. You know, like obviously. <laughs> There's one one grown woman in the entire movie, and she's mm-hmm. going to end up with 
Ray. Pat. Pat. Why do I, why I keep on forgetting <laughs> his name? Pat. I keep forgetting his name. I don't know why I keep forgetting his name, but he keeps in. He's going to end up with Pat, which you know is sort of like Judd Apatow always gets criticized for that. That um, you know Seth Rogen ends up with Catherine Heigl and you know yada 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 that kind of thing. But so we're so shallow that we're only attracted to right, looks? right. But the cha- but the thing here is Pat is actually a really really quality guy. Yeah. Whereas I don't think that Seth Rogen's character in Knocked Up is exactly I didn't see that one. a quality human being. But here, you know, Pat is is like there's more much more to him and mm-hmm. than the way he looks. I mean, that's the point of the movie in a lot of ways. That clearly um, doesn't matter to her at all. No, like, she's from their ver- the very first first meeting. meeting. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. like, oh, okay, he's he's so cute and nervous to talk to me. I kind of like that. And then she, yeah. the, the the look of disappointment on her face when you know he won't dance with her at the dance. Like, yeah, she's like, <laughs> yeah. she's feeling. It shows that you know she's feeling uh, like insecure too. In that, right. you know, so you know, we're not always how we perceive like people, how people, sure. you know, we think people see us. Well, I mean, and I think she also gets sort of the fly on the wall view of the scene between Pat and, uh, and Jerry on the go-kart track, mm-hmm. you know, where Pat wants to give Jerry this feeling of being fast and flying and all these things. And, and he's, pushing himself to do it i mean that's got to be really hard for him to 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 push that Mm go-kart around that track you know so she she sees that too i mean and that's a really neat scene of course one of the big sort of points of the movie kinds of scenes you know right i think pat and jerry have a couple of those i really like those scenes Mm -hmm. they do that one and the one on the dock are, are like the really big key ones yeah there's still a lot of funny stuff though, like the, the little montage while uh, uh, Jerry is writing his letter to his grandma. <laughs> yes, today they killed the blob. They killed the blob. Yeah, <laughs> and then just that scene, like, like I knew the food was going to be bad, and like now we're resorting to like more desperate measures, and then it shows them like chasing a cow. And right. <laughs> Tony like doing a little demonstration laying on a bed of nails with an ice, ice block on his, on his stomach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit with the sledgehammer. Yeah. Now, when Josh returns, you notice the little cuckoo's nest <laughs> reference there. He's doing the RP McMurphy thing. He's pretending because uh, Josh got kicked out. Because. And he's, yes, he's acting like he's been lobotomized. Right. Was. It's another thing that's just like, it's right on the edge of being like, that's not cool but i don't right. know it's funny <laughs> well you know jack nicholson did it <laughs> why can't i <laughs> um, josh was bad josh, josh now good good <laughs> yeah so the, the Perkis's morning run while they're sneaking into his office mm-hmm. <laughs> Come, you devil log. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like every little thing that he does is, again, is just kind of showing this isn't a way to live either. No, like, no. you know, well, I mean, the he's... thing is, the thing is, he's uh, 
if you know anything about exercise, he's doing everything stupid. I mean, yeah. there, you don't have to do any of this stuff. <laughs> you see people do this all the time at the gym, frankly. But it's like, you know, you don't have to do that, right? You don't got <laughs> to do the extras. Yeah. Keep it just, simple. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just find that really funny. It's like, whenever I see someone with a trainer, usually I'm like, you know that you could do this and it's like way more effective, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but, but I do, I do love, you know, just, uh, there's another look like where, where, um, Nicholas farts in Jerry's face while they're trying to get back out and stuff. I mean, these are just those little crude humor <laughs> things that are Judd Apatow movies. But, okay. sure. the, the next, and then they talk about the food. They find the kid with the burger. The and burger. so the, there's a, there's like their connection you yeah. know hiding it in the log and everyone's doing it including uh pat and it's and it's the one and it's the kid that now works for Perkis that ratted them out on where their junk food storage was the little twerp right <laughs> well because now we can make money off of them yep um, but the, the, the way in is really funny it's like uh I, and my favorite my favorite part of it Okay, so they've all gained weight, obviously. Yeah. Is, is when is when he's like, you know what? It's my fault. Wait, no, no. Then he goes off and he talks to himself. He talks to himself. How you doing, little Tony? Bad. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, what do you say about that? That I is know. just, it's pretty it's, brilliant. It's yeah. really, really funny. And just showing how, you know, evil and bad he is because you know kenny yeah. the cameraman has been here this whole time like filming everything filming because everything his yeah. big goal tony's is is to you know have an infomercial i guess a whole like culty like system that people can right you know, pour their money into make a lot of not, money off of and not well i mean he wants to be successful like he wants to be successful like his father the light fixture yeah. king of <laughs> lighting fixture king and which i love throw... that too i mean I that's another thing that's pretty funny you know but we'll get to that later but yeah um okay turn the camera off <laughs> my favorite part <laughs> josh, josh okay okay josh get on the scale get off the scale <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm sorry so anyone who has not reached their goal weight goes on a 20 mile hike but between that is the scene on the dock, which is, of course, yeah. we already sort of alluded to that. And, you know, that is a key moment where uh, Jerry says back to Pat, you know, you don't want to be like those guys at MVP, though, because they mm -hmm. are cruel. They're heartless. Yeah. And it, because he's like, I've never scored a point at anything in my life, which, you know, I <laughs> I understand some of that kind of feeling. But it's a scene where, again, where you're finding those balances. How do you be, you know, sort of the best you you can, where you feel good about yourself, but also you're still a compassionate, a good person, and kind yeah. human being. Yeah, you don't want to be like the MVP jerks who, you know, mm. drive by every day and make fun of them or vandalize their camp or right. just make fun of them because they can, because they've, you know, got these huge egos. Like, why, what makes them any better just that they're skinny <laughs> right right that, that's, that's what, this, that's what the movie is are. saying yeah. you know yeah yeah but then yeah pat's uh, pat's line there when he's just like i'm just so tired of being the fat guy and it's like and he says well, and he says uh, even after they sort of yell over at camp mvp says but i'm still tired of being the fat yeah. guy. yeah <laughs> you know which you know I, I i get i get that now the hike is 
again, <laughs> it's really, you know, the Ben Stiller moment to shine kind of stuff going on. <laughs> Have you ever heard the story of Icarus? He had to roll a giant ball up a hill every day. And then and when he got again. to the top, it melted in the sun. Again, you guys are like Icarus. Sh- again, showing like just everything that he does is wrong. Everything that he does is exactly. backwards because he's fucking up the story. He's mixing yep. up the story of yep. Prometheus and Icarus. N- well, uh, uh, <laughs> Sisyphus. Isn't that, I thought it was Prometheus. No, S- no, no. Who rolls Sis- the ball up the hill? S- Sisyphus rolls the rock up the hill. Did I fuck that up? Well, I- I- honestly, okay, caveat, could be different names in different Possibly. Places. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I know. I think um, when I had seen this, I didn't actually know that. But this time when I heard that story, I was like, that's not the story. <laughs> that's not it at all. No. <laughs> um, so, that, so that really kind of got to me. <laughs> uh, then the whole feel the chi, repulse the monkey. <laughs> repulse the monkey. <laughs> part the wild horse's mane. I, that's just. It's way too funny, but you know. And okay, so this is this is where sort of like when he the, jumps out on the branch, though. It's funny. Well, the, <laughs> I I swore to my I I thought he was gonna die. I thought he was gonna like fall off, and that was gonna be some sort of development in the thing. But he doesn't. But because uh, they ended up capturing him, mm-hmm. and the counselors. I love when they have Lars tied to the tree. It's like, (laughs) there are lots of bears in these woods, and bears love honey. It's like, they're walking away, and they're hearing him screaming. It's like, wait, there are no bears in here. And they go back, and there's a deer. There's a deer. A deer trying to to lick him, and he's screaming. It's great. (laughs) Then you get the Lord of the Flies scene, where they they just Yeah, they have imprisoned. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. It's kind of funny, too, because like, before they go on the hike, the, the doc moment is when yeah. Pat and Jerry are both like, okay, we're going to, okay, we both need to come up with a plan to like take this guy down. And the adults are doing it. And like, okay, what are the, the, the proper channels? The proper channels, exactly. <laughs> we can go we're through gonna this. And the kids are like. Child protective services or right. whatever, yeah. And the kids are like, why don't we just lock him up and take over the camp, <laughs> pretty much. Right, which they do with an electrified <laughs> they do. fence. and. Yeah. Another yeah, again, another one of those things that's like a little bit extreme and like sure. wrong, but in the movie it's it's funny. And they've yeah. already got like a whole like security system like set sure. up amongst them yeah. and stuff. It's it's very funny. No the the Lord of the Fly scene is fun because you know it's like then they say, Where's Tim? He looks like a human s'more. <laughs> yeah. Because uh um, They like ordered well, like twenty pizzas and there's a giant sub sandwich and, and right and right and pat's like, like i better go out there and julie's like no just just stay here with me you know because she knows that if he gets out there he's probably gonna just go wild like the rest of them uh-huh. too and you can but, see that that's pulling him yeah <laughs> yeah and and then again you know there's a thought you know oh fat kids they can't control themselves you know that's not the point of the scene i don't think either it's a freedom yeah, it's, it's it's what it is, and it's showing the that indulgence, this is actually what can happen when you mm-hmm. restrict. <laughs> yeah, too exactly. much. This exactly. is why cheat meal. Woo, mm-hmm. got just one had, of those. Well, and even that's even the thing that night. they mm. that they say camp MVP. They say what's going on over there? It says they're cheating. They're cheating. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like, and honestly. Cheat meal? Okay, fine. They're good. It's it's, and they. It's, I love the next morning 
where it says, okay, what of essentially saying, what of good morning, everybody. I love the way he, instead of yelling <laughs> yeah, at them, it's just <laughs> good, morning. good morning, everybody. So what have we learned from all this? Don't, <laughs> Don't put, put Twinkies on, your, on pizza. your pizza. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I didn't write a lot of notes after that because it's just kind of headstrong. Because, but that. Well, but, I mean, this whole speech that that Pat exactly gives, this mm-hmm. is the point of the movie, right? Here. Yes, I think this is. is where it all kind of comes together. I kind of I wrote this is what I wrote down. It's like I think we learned something about personal responsibility, and it's actually kind of important. When he says too, you know, each of us is going to be in charge of our own diets. Which again, I yep. was like, bingo, yeah, that's it right there. And like we all have to learn some self-control. We got to get healthy for ourselves. If we start respecting ourselves, no one can touch us. We're as good as anybody. Yeah. Is basically what he says. Well, and I like how they have, you know, Julie teaching about cooking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, here's something. We can make some pasta primavera fresh and it's going to taste really good. And you'll like it. Yep. And it's something that you can have that's going to make you feel good and i was kind of joking again i was joking about this with you yesterday but that's another thing that i found in this it's another skill that i've picked up you know is like cooking a lot more for myself and i kind Mm -hmm. of get excited in a dorky way about when i find new recipes or new ingredients or something i hear all about them i'm always like oh god is brian thinking it's like just shut up michelle i don't care but (laughs) i i get i get in ruts i could probably use some new ideas so But it's just, it's another thing, I think, it's just another part of all of this that actually adds to, like, the the good sides of it, because it's, it's a, it makes me feel creative and, you know, a little more self-sufficient and independent. So, you know, that's another, like, good thing that I wasn't expecting to come out of this, you know, another, another boost to my... You don't have to rely on someone making all your food for you, yeah. Another way to boost my self-confidence was, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to you know, provide like that for myself that, you know, so there's a lot of different aspects to this. Sure. Sure. The next big section, I guess, is like parents day when all they, they Uh all show up and we find they show the video, the the truth (laughs) about Tony Perkis. And, you know, they, it's like, I embellished it a little bit. They have it showing the kid eating a rat. (laughs) A frog. I think it's a frog, isn't it? It's like a rubber plastic rat. They open it up. I'm pretty sure it's a (laughs) rat. So that's pretty funny. And um, so uh, I I jazzed it up a little. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Ju- Julie kind of gives him a look like, oh, geez. Um, it's and she's kind of like the voice of doom, like in her little scenes. Like, you know, Tony's system is not only like wrong or something, it's downright dangerous. But she's yeah. not she's not wrong entirely. No, <laughs> no she's not. It, it's, because it's, his way is not the right way or the only no. way at all. Well, especially then, when they actually show the scenes of him like berating the kids. Right. Um, it's like dinner's canceled, lunch is canceled, breakfast is canceled. Do 60 push ups, 80. 80. <laughs> yeah. Can you get your foot off my back? <laughs> yeah. No. But, you know, this is cross cut with him breaking out of his. <laughs> With the Hershey kiss, yeah. This is the part where the bad guy just goes totally out there, and he actually acknowledges he it. Shows, what he shows up is like he's like on the, the cinematography ledge. and the editing, but the villain, but the villain, was a little over the top. Um, then he jumps down. Ah, 
But, you know, stepping on the glass and stuff. <laughs> Breaking glass. Oh, this is where I love Ben Stiller, too, again. Yeah, I mean, just the commitment to yes. it all is so funny. I wouldn't be surprised if he insisted on real glass. I'm sure he didn't. But, um, you know, but it's, it's sort of that kind not. of moment. Um, Jerry's the parents, dad just yeah, realize, punches him in the yeah. stomach. Yeah. Oh, we forgot the dick punch. Yeah. Oh, oh, the dick punch. Oh. Yeah. The, Lars it's gets Nicholas. a dick punch. It's yeah. Nicholas that punches yeah. Lars in the dick when he's yeah. talking to the tree. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, so. go Nicholas. Yeah. Yeah. So the parents, like, they, they kick him out or whatever. And then Ben Stiller shows up again. As Tony somehow. Perkis Sr. <laughs> the lighting fixture king. Which is I so funny. I actually love this character. Call, he's me, like a, call me Papa. Call me Papa. <laughs> He's had this one little scene, but I don't know the way that he plays this character is like I kind of want. I kind of want to see more with this guy. I, I know. Like I'd like to you see know? a sequel with him as, as the. It's like, All right, I gotta go. Cool I got a thing. I gotta go. I got a thing. And this is part of Pat's uh, growth and and story, you know, throughout the whole mm-hmm. movie too. To take the responsibility um, and leadership, s- yeah, standing up for himself too, because that's another thing that Jerry says on the dock is like, okay, Pat, when are we gonna, you know, finally stand up for ourselves? Because he, because ha- Pat had had a moment too with Tony where he was trying to, he's like saying like, I don't think a twenty mile hike is a good idea, and he kind of stutters a little bit, and Tony is making fun of him for that, so he's. he's trying to stand up for himself trying to you know work up the confidence and he still can't quite do it and now mm-hmm. he's the obviously the most qualified person to take over the camp now because the kids want to stay they don't want to go home obviously yeah and yeah this is just part of his his growth and development as a character i like that that's another element of this movie too that i honestly again is another one of those things where it's like i don't really focus so much on the adult characters when you're a kid you kind of focus more on the kid characters sure so it's i love seeing a movie from a a different way now Mm. like watching it as an adult kind of seeing that it's actually better than i thought it was yeah yeah i i agree i agree and you know him sort of being willing to take leadership because he's clearly got that capability he's Mm -hmm. able to take these kids and convince them because of his relationship that he's built with them that they can make uh choices that will make them feel better uh you know i like that you know they're doing the the walking (laughs) you know instead of the the speed walking thing (laughs) yeah Um, the fast walking the mall walking (laughs) yeah 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 It's, it's it's good um and then he convinces them somehow that they can win the Apache Relay. The Apache Relay. Against uh, M- Camp MVP, which they have never won. But, I mean, it's not just about their abilities as athletes. I mean, that's the part of it. That's the first mm-hmm. part. And they're not. They're still not great. I mean, they, they've probably improved a little bit, but they really, they're still just getting started, right? Yeah. So, um you know, they have trouble climbing the wall in the gunny sack race. And, um, <laughs> that one kid that's just like no, hasn't even gotten off the ground, like right, climbing, right. climbing on that wall. And Paul Feig is there like, come on. Right. Come but on, then they show <laughs> then they show like Roy is able moment. to throw the football through the ring because mm-hmm. he's got that skill. And then you have Josh able to shave the balloon while the kid <laughs> from MVP can't do that. Uh, Nicholas knowing about like yeah I mean the vice presidents and yeah the vice presidents the uh well I mean and and that's another that's another trope though that the jocks are stupid yeah true you know (laughs) there there is that element in there well hell Um, I cannot name five vice presidents (laughs) 
I, I'd have to think about it a little bit, but <laughs> I, I could, I could it. do it. I, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson. But it's, I think it's also about <laughs> they were not both about their. Presidents. I think this part is also not just about like no, it's not about their ability as athletes, or it's also not just about their ability as a team, but as individuals and all of their individual strengths. Yeah, that they bring. Yeah, yeah, because of that thing. Because Josh can shave the balloon, and because Nicholas sure. knows about sure. art. And I like Kenny. Like yeah. I like Kenny the cameraman as Einstein. And then you have uh, Lars nine? dressed as no, Andy. Nine is nine German. Is for no. And then you have <laughs> Lars uh, is Andy Warhol. <laughs> as Andy Warhol is great. It's <laughs> wonderful. Something um, like he doesn't really do anything with it, but just like something about the way the wig moves when he turns his head really is funny. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. In, in a weird way, Lars kind of becomes my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> nice, I love that. <laughs> Which is bizarre. I don't because he's supposed to, he's kind of set up as a villain, but he's mm-hmm. does he's not really. He's no. he's just kind of he's he's sort of you know a tool of of Perkis at first, and that he sort of comes to really I think like the kids and like yeah, what I he think does. That's what it is. Yeah, um, so it's fun, and you know the obviously the souped up go karts at the end. Yep. Which one of the things that's kind of funny is he had never really driven go-karts before that we know of. And then he's like a master racer well, at the end here. Practicing. We didn't. It's, sure. it's a montage of them getting that's ready. That's true. Maybe, they're they're, maybe they're putting got... the, the go-karts back together under his leadership. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. So <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's a movie. It's a movie, Brian. Logic, movie logic. is dull. It yeah. is. The last leg is, you know, Jerry and the other kid in the go-kart race, and he, they win. Jumps over him, yeah. But what happens after they win? Well, I mean, the, the camp MVP, first of all, they protest this. We're going to say, no, you didn't really win. It's like, well, how do you say that? I don't know. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. And it's like, well, that's all you care about is this cup? Okay, then you can have it. It's like, we'll airmail it to you, and they throw it into the lake. It's Which, it's it's a little bad news bears. That's bad there. news bears, right? Yeah, it's like you can take your trophy, shove it up. <laughs> it's that uh, same thing of you know, it's not about winning. It's not about mm-hmm. being the best, but it's about that they actually completed the race. You know, they all did a great job. They all brought their strengths to the table and helped them compete probably better than they have in years. That's what it's all about, and they're happy. Yep. With themselves now. Yeah. So. It's a neat movie. I told and it kinda, you. And it kind of just goes <laughs> to the end. Um, but, which is fine. Um, then they have their little camp sing-along during, during the credits. Yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> listen carefully to that the first time you watch it. I didn't watch, watch it's that fun. this time. I, don't, I It's have. fun. It's really cute. I forgot about it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, different little character things. I was mm-hmm. not afraid of that deer. You know, <laughs> again, another reason to love Lars. You love this movie, Brian. That makes me very happy. Yeah, it was fun. I really had a good time with it. I knew and this would be one, maybe more than some of the other movies I've brought recently. Oh, that you I don't know. Like. I've, I've liked all of them, but, you know, it's just varying degrees, you know. But, uh, yeah, and you keep on talking to me like I don't like A League of Their Own, which is insane. <laughs> I loved A League of Their Own. I've seen it before. I like I it a lot. Like I think it's a great movie. And yeah, you keep on razzing me like I hate the movie because I don't You're like my... the bookends on it. <laughs> You're my best uh, friend, Brian. I have to make fun of you. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, just kind of yeah, my job. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Deal Captain. with it. 
No, but I am. I'm really glad that you liked. I'm, I was actually kind of pretty sure that this was going to be one that you would really like, and so mm-hmm. I was happy to hear that. I'm. I'm glad I could introduce it to you. Yeah, and hopefully yeah. it's your kids. I think your kids would really like it too. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, my daughter was watching it with me and just sort of seemed to seem to enjoy it too. She she didn't really say anything about it, but um, see, I bet she was curious. Didn't leave. You ask her. <laughs> I bet she wants to watch the whole thing again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sort of reminds me of sort of those Disney Channel and sort of Nickelodeon movies. Um, or all those like Nickelodeon nothing shows. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. Salute your shorts. <laughs> yeah. God. Hey, uh, dude. That was my favorite. Hey, dude. Yeah. I, I was also thinking of the movie Fun Size. It's a Halloween movie, a Nickelodeon movie. I don't know. It gets. I don't know. I said it doesn't hasn't gotten great ratings on Letterboxd, but I kind of like it. I think it's mm-hmm. sort of cute and fun. So it's a little bit more edgy than this one, actually, but um, it's it's fun. The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Oh, there you go. Clarissa explains it all. Sure. Double Dare. Oh boy, oh, I had God. a crush on Melissa Joan Hart when I was a little Hell kid. Yeah, so. she was a cool one that you wanted to be. Yeah, like. I liked her better than Blossom. I liked I like six. On Blossom. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this movie reminds me of. That's what these kind of movies remind me of. Is that, that whole era of like all those shows yeah. and mm-hmm. another kind of me. Yeah, sure. Maybe a nostalgia thing for, you know, growing up in that time. But hey, that was a good time. Yeah. Well, that's sort of like our last main episode for the summer. Yeah. We are going to, like we've been trying to do, drop a few bonus ish episodes uh, though apparently don't call them bonus episodes because people automatically don't listen to bonus episodes um so uh-huh. i'll call them i'll call them other things but we are going to be back in september with our high school movies and then we actually are going to follow that up with something related to that that'll be a lot of fun too yeah. i think so um, but we've gotten round and round on what our high school movies are going to be for, th- it was like sports movies. <laughs> we keep on changing our minds, but there's so many ones. There's that, so many good ones now that I would want to bring. Now the other one, I, I think we could do the other one another time because that one is another good one. I, I, I think those two mm-hmm. would go together beautifully. So for high school movies, um, my pick would be from 2010, Easy A. Which has honestly become, I, th- I think, my favorite high school movie like of all time. Now, I, I usually try and spread out, you know, as far as time goes. But my movie's from 2015, so it's not that far you away. You don't like from that we're yours. in the same era? No, it's okay. <laughs> but it just felt better than the original pairing. So to go with Easy A, I feel like I want to go with one of my favorite discoveries of recent years that I have watched many times and have really enjoyed every time, even more and more every time. And that's me and Earl and the dying girl. That's my pick 2015, which is actually one that I think I do need to watch again. <laughs> yes, you do. From what you it's said, not that, I, not that I don't didn't like it. Just, I don't know. Something didn't happen that, f- that first time. Maybe I have to give it another, uh, another shot. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, I hope that it does for you. Just think about how much your best friend loves it. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Ex- I think that'll be a good pairing. One's. Yeah. A, they're both funny, but you know, yours is probably also, more, more funny 
than mine. Well, there's also serious stuff going on in both of them, too. Yeah, yeah. Like cancer and reputation damage and cyberbullying. Cyberbullying? I haven't seen EZA in a long time. Sorry. <laughs> Not really. Is it cyber? <laughs> no. Um, another one I actually thought about with this one, even though it wouldn't technically be high school, would be eighth grade. Uh, yeah. Damn. That'd so, be a good one, too. So we're going to leave it a surprise. It's either going to be me and Earl and the dying girl or eighth grade. I'll think about it. Uh, this over, I'll think about it. I'll think That's about hard. it. I'll oh. think about it. I'll think about it. I love them okay. both. Love them both. I think I think me and Earl is funnier. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. The dying girl part is sad, but. <laughs> <laughs> the cancel part. That just sucks. That's <laughs> <laughs> not so great, but, you know. Well, this one was fun, though. Yeah, absolutely. And a good time today. Me too. <laughs> Good. Uh, I'm getting hungry. We always like, we always, like run hungry. out of like uh, how to talk at the end because we yeah. get hungry and we get tired. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm getting hungry. It's a uh, it's time for lunch. Well, that's too bad because lunch is canceled due to lack of hustle. Deal Sorry. with it. Deal with it. Okay. Okay. So our socials should we give those out even though we don't sure. really use them anymore? <laughs> sure. Um, Brian waves forty two on all of them. Yeah, I'm Michelle Aiken. You can see the burger I ate last night for my Excellent. And and you know, if you want to see some get some workout motivation, she's on there doing that every now and then too. She's doing some hey, gym it's selfies. For myself too. I yeah. know. I know. Uh and then you can check your form. Sh- uh, check form. Right. Our um uh the show you can find at Movie Life Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Check in with us, say hi. We like that. It's fun. Yeah. So remember don't put Twinkies on your pizza. Right. And uh, um, yeah, something from um, the Goonies. Something from the Goonies. Like, uh, ice. <laughs> the octopus was very scary. The octopus um, was very scary. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I, 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 <laughs> too tired to think of a line right now. All right. All right. We'll just leave it at that then. Okay. So I, I'm tired of skeletons and I'm tired of falling. <laughs> Okay. Data's okay. Data's okay. Data's okay. <laughs> Why didn't you use the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, what are we going to do? We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.